Hey there, if you would like ad-free and early versions of these episodes, as well as bonus episodes, movie club episodes, and lots more, head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and Friends. Make believe is not pretend, we might be ill, but we're on the mend. It never starts, it never ends, welcome to Craig and Friends, welcome to Craig and Friends, welcome to... worked out perfectly that we had to reschedule because we were originally going to be doing i think the day of the kimmel show or yeah which is so funny the day of kimmel and i had a ton of stuff that just all happened in at the same time and i was like hey would it be good if we did that and it worked out for everyone i find a funny thing now you notice it more because we're actually like getting back to life Mm -hmm. but a lot of times when you need to reschedule something the other person probably does too i've noticed that a lot in myself too <laughs> i'm like oh yeah yeah let's do it another time. which is helpful because you can get stressed out mm-hmm. like oh i committed to this i really don't want to let them down right and all that but you mentioned before that you don't take any pain medication like advil Tylenol. no i do i do i do but i just don't like to like anything prescription or at the store like yeah. when when <laughs> When I get sick, yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I get sick, it's really I just drink a lot of water. Yeah, Pedialyte. I do like the weird, you know, things. I'm not like a homeopathic nut. Sure, but I just, you know, I just, I just, you just have to get over it. Yeah, you know? well, and also given the choice, you're going to try to get as natural a remedy as possible. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, I will take drugs. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I just don't. I just don't you know yeah well i mean a lot of the stuff like uh cold and flu stuff i can't stand it it makes me feel foggy i don't like that either yeah it's horrible so. and especially the stuff that makes you feel like you're on cheap speed mm-hmm. really dislike that yeah i don't like that either so the only one of them i like is a nyquil and i have i a, do yeah. i do take nyquil I, I i like that one it's a good one and when i had a bad <laughs> weed experience recently which i might have detailed with rubber or no with rosie which is coming out okay tomorrow from this i have thing. to admit to you that i have not listened to anyone's because i uh, I didn't want this one to be taint, not tainted, influenced. I don't want to be influenced by anybody. Well, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I yeah. won't listen to anyone. Um, and plus, I just get sort of like emotional about them. Sure. So, like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to listen <laughs> and be emotional. Well, that no, that so. makes sense. You're like, well, because part of you would think, oh, I should uh, maybe address this thing or talk about that so you can bring up whatever you want to Sounds from good. the podcast yes and then we'll, then we'll the, go from and there. yeah we'll go from there so yeah i was talking about recently i ill-advisedly smoked weed after the last sugar tank at mm. my friend madeline's place because every once in a while i think oh maybe this is the time it's going to work and i was overly eager and i smoked too much of it and i nearly fainted you don't smoke weed i do not every, i absolutely fucking do not smoke weed really I'm so happy to talk to someone who also does not smoke weed. Doesn't it seem like everyone smokes weed? Everyone smokes weed, and I fucking hate it. (laughs) I hate it. Do you ever make the mistake like I made of going back? Absolutely not. Get it away from me. Good. I'm going to stick to the Hunter Crenshaw policy. (laughs) Get it away from me. Like, I I will tell you this. I I drink can, like can, can. Which is the CBD... It's not CBD. It's actually oh, it's, not. it's actually THC. Oh, okay. But it's only two milligrams, and it's like you know you're drinking it, right? Totally it's absorbed. The smoking it for me, yeah. 
or if it's like the high amount of edible oh those i'm done forget about but it but like i can drink the can yeah and go to bed and sleep like a baby anything that will just give me that gentle nudge into mm-hmm. i can sleep perfectly fine yes. i love it cbd i'm a big fan of same uh, I think once or twice I tried smoking weed to go to bed, but it has the reverse effect on me. I go into complete anxiety, panic, explosion. Is that similar to what happens to you? I will tell you that I, me and Mark were such potheads in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> we used to smoke every fucking morning, like yeah. day, night, everything. Like yeah. it was just that. And then one day i can't remember what year it was like or where we were even i mean we might have been still in little rock i one day i smoked it and i was like i'm never doing this again it just turned on you it literally turned on me like Mm. like it i was like i'm never doing this again i find that that's a common thing another friend of mine was talking to me about making that similar mistake recently of i'll try it again and he used to smoke the way that you Mm -hmm. used to smoke and it freaked him out horribly Simone is the same way. Really? We used to smoke together. Like in Arkansas, we would smoke day and night, morning to night. You know, like it was all day. And then it it turned on her and was just like, okay, no, no, not for me. It's really interesting how certain compounds or substances Mm -hmm. can, you can get so used to them and it doesn't make a dent. And then it is very weird. I I just get, I just get real dark. (laughs) Yeah. that's gets, always it fun it's real yeah. dark and i'm just well this just is never gonna work out i don't know why i'm thinking i'm gonna that kind of dark is mm-hmm. that what you t- yes <laughs> and I, I get really i mean it's dark <laughs> not like suicidal dark no but, but like it's just like i can't get out of my head i'm just so done with everything like it just I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I like it's bad and I hate it and I don't want it anymore. I just don't like it. Yeah. But my getting dark like that in those situations or when I just get dark is characterizing everything in my life in the dimmest view. And it's like, you can't quite access. Remember like the day before you were mm-hmm. like, this was, everything's great. And you're thinking about the exciting things that you're doing. Yes. And then you just slip off the uh, side of the boat and you're in the, the 100%. Yeah. Like I just, it's just not for me. But you generally maintain a fairly level positive outlook, you think? Uh, po- oh, yes. I, I the, everyone will say that I am uh, a pessimist, which I am a pessimist. Like I, I, I always. Mark says I do this. <laughs> <laughs> I always prepare myself for the worst. Sure. So I'm like, this is not going to happen. We're not going to do this. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> And then when it happens, I'm very happy and I'm very excited. And then I can say, I told you so. <laughs> Perfect. You get all yeah. the, all the benefits and all the joy. But I always that. know that it's going to be fine. I always know it's going to be, it's going to turn out great. Yeah. Like, it's always going to be okay. Yeah. But your initial first blush reaction is one of not yes. terror, but of like, Oh God. And I think that if I don't do that, especially, I mean, you've got, you've, you, you, I think you've kind of, you know surmised that i like sort of like am the ringleader like of yes. like not ringleader but like i keep everybody from losing their minds yes exactly you are on top of everything <laughs> so, you're making sure you're checking in so you're the, you're the house manager let's say sort of that, yes that, that i'm good? the momager is what they call the me. momager is good i like so that. like that I, I have to i have to be the pushback sometimes it, 
even yes. if it's like I don't agree with being the pushback, like and I know everything's gonna be fine, I know everything's gonna be good, and everybody's gonna be fine. I just have to say the opposite <laughs> so that they think about it and then they figure it out. Right, you got you have to go, well, there's also this option. Yes. There's also this possibility. So yes. let's find something in the middle, and that's yes. what will happen because of that. Yeah. Have you always been the sort of uh, middle ground provider or the middle ground, uh, the person who, who um, balances things out for people in general? Or did you just well, discover this sort of you opened house, up a can of worms. Which is what I like to do, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a pretty crazy, shitty, terrible childhood. Mm -hmm. And it was... Just me and my mom. Okay. Like, and I always say, I I will say it. I said it then. I'll say it now. I'll say it to my mother on the phone right now. I raised my mom. Okay. Yeah. She, you know, she took care of me. She provided for me. She did whatever, you know, we, sometimes we didn't have money. Sometimes we did, but I always had what I wanted. Yeah. Like, or what I needed. Excuse sure. me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like, but without a father in the home it or in and out or being a, an insane person and in prison and all this shit mm -hmm. i had to provide I, I felt like i had to take care of her sure and so my emotional like intelligence is something that i sort of like it, i pride myself on that yeah because sure. I had to deal with a lot of shit when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And so like, I always tell everybody, I'm like, I grew up and I felt like I was like 50 years, 50 years old, at 18. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Well, That's what happens when, you and go I had so a lot of resentment about it. Cause of I was course. like, I did not get to have a fucking childhood. Right. Like, I did not get to have a child. I had to deal with all this crazy shit when I was so young. And like, I had to raise my mother and tell her yeah. how to do this and tell her to do that. And she would ask me, what her you know about her life decisions and let me decide them like i was di deciding her li life decisions you know at 13 14 which is pretty heavy which is heavy it's, it's just crazy and so her bringing her trauma into the situation me bringing you know and then compounding that with what i was going on like i be i, ha I have become like really emotionally intelligent yeah so like People do look to me a lot of the times to solve a problem or figure out a situation or like, you know, how, how do you feel about this or what do you think I should do or whatever? Because I've just really fucking been through it all. Yeah. And <laughs> people can naturally tell usually when people like, have I've that just ability. been through it all. Like, yeah. And so that's where, where that leads to. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, that it leads to. Well, this is what the show is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it leads to us taking a big hit on our vape. That's yeah. what it leads to. <laughs> it sure does. Well, you know, this has got a fascinating area because a lot of times uh, there's children who have to basically counsel their parents. I mean, like mm -hmm. you said, you counseled and, and basically raised your mom. And to then have to actually do the mental calculus and the emotional um, math of making decisions for your mom. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, I mean, I imagine it must have felt uh, like a tremendous amount of pressure too, because you did you feel like that kind of thing they talk about when with when people are enmeshed and they feel overly responsible? I guess the word is codependent. Codependent, like we weren't Grey Gardens, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I it took it took some figuring out to like I don't know if I would say codependent because I always knew. 
at 18, I was splitting. Okay. I mean, I loved her. Like, she is everything to me. Like, yeah. She is the the superhero to my story. Sure. But I was like, I've got to go. Yeah. And I love you, but like, like I can't, I cannot be doing this anymore. Right. You know, like, but you know, at the at, towards the end, that she got remarried, and it was sort of like a, uh, like a more stable situation. Yeah. When I was finishing high school, so like, I was like, this is. It gave me the out to be like, okay, now I'm leaving. Right. If she wouldn't have gotten remarried, I don't know what that would have happened. If my father didn't hadn't passed away, like died sorry that's okay if he hadn't have died i don't know what would have happened like i can't say well sure you know so codependency maybe a handful splash yeah but no i knew i was always ready to get the fuck out and so do you find that the there's any of that sort of um heaviness or weight to when you're doing that sort of stuff now not that it's the same obviously but do you ever feel kind of run down oh. from okay yeah yes i do and i always tell this to mark to him like um you know why do i always have to fucking solve these problems <laughs> like why do i have to always solve these problems but you know i really wouldn't have it any other way it's because yeah. like i care and i yeah i love and like my mother has taught me how to love people like through and through and in and out and back and forth. And even if they're extremely hard to love, like she taught me how to do that. And so like, I, I, I complain about it, but I also love to bitch. So it's like, <laughs> what's well, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I complain about it. I love to bitch about it, but I, I, you know, I just do it. It's just the way that I was raised. Yeah. And it's the way that you are as well, because yeah. there's different ways that people react to different, the same stimuli, mm. the stimuli, not stimuli. That's a different, that's a breakfast cereal, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Muesli. Um, but um, the same kind of situation with someone else, someone else's uh, internal makeup, emotional makeup, it wouldn't have happened or would have turned mm. into something else or, you know, complete avoidance. Um, so that's an interesting thing too. I'm always fascinated by are people, the kind of people that get dug into a situation, which you know you are, or there's avoidant people. I don't really understand avoidant. Mm -hmm. I understand the more sometimes, oh, it's exhausting for me because I get too, and uh, I care too much or I, I, you know, when you can see the sort of story rolling out mm -hmm. after a certain situation, which is kind of, seems like what you were saying. Yeah, no, I, um, I just, <laughs> It's just what I do. Yeah. You know, it's literally just what I do. Like, I, I, well, and it's, I, a, and it's a, a positive thing, too. Like, not it's to a cut positive you off, thing. And it's a positive thing. And, like, I, I my mom, my, like, my mom, like, she literally set the, set the line for me. And this is how I, how I deal with people in general, because there's just to me, there was in me growing up, there was no bullshitting anything. Right. You know, like, there yeah. was no bullshit anything. This is the way it was. It was complete 100% emotionally honest, raw all the time. Yeah. Like, if they felt it and they 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 wanted to say it, they said it. I grew up around four women and, like, they said it out in the open, never kept a secret from me, mm. never kept, you know, like, never kept anything, you know, about their husbands away from me, like, if problems, anything. I heard it all. And so, like, it, it's just, that's just the way it is. Like, I am, I'm honest to a fault sometimes. <laughs> because, like, I'm just going to tell you how it is. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to tell yeah. you how, how, how it is. And, like, if you don't like it, then I'm sorry. 
Well, I think it's better to err on the side of honesty than mm. to, again, avoid things or mm. to try to pretend that things are a certain way because that never helps anything. Mm, yeah, yeah no. I mean, you see people in relationships where they're avoiding the fact that maybe they shouldn't be together or they don't really mm-hmm. like each other anymore. They're not sexually attracted to each other, but they won't be poly, you know, like all the... <laughs> yeah. No, I, the thing, that, that was very difficult when me and Mark got together because he wasn't more on the, like he wasn't, he didn't grow up in a household where everything was emotionally honest. Sure. So like it was, ne- nothing was ever talked about. Nothing was ever, everything was just hidden, you know, like let's move on. Let's, let's not talk about this or whatever. And then don't dwell. Don't dwell. It's like, let's, let's <laughs> never talked about anything emotional. And yeah. so like when we got together and I was just like outright, this is how it's going to be. This is how we're going to deal with this. If I'm pissed at you, I don't give a fuck if we are in the Kroger parking lot. <laughs> We are going at it. And then by the time we get in our car and click the seatbelt, we'll be ready to go home and cook dinner. Right. I, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I remember having, way a, it is. I remember having a, a fight once where catching someone out, they were doing some bullshit. This is an ex. And then I, I was, you know, my voice was kind of loud. And, um, and they were like, oh, great. Now the neighbors can hear. And I was like, good, good. Let them fucking hear. I'm quite happy. Like Let that, that is not, hear. that is not an avenue out of this conversation. <laughs> Let the neighbors fucking hear it. Let them hear it. Yeah. It's like, it's, it, it's just better. Yeah. Like it, you just get over it. You know? Yeah. And you get it out yeah. as, as well. Just get over it. Cause like, I'm the kind of person that if I have a problem with you and I am not able to speak about it in the moment. I just won't look at you. And everyone knows they're pissed at them. And I cannot physically, like my body chemistry, I cannot physically make eye contact with you until I have told you how I feel. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I I have certain tells with people as well. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that I feel like I'm making body language that is constantly like, I really got to go to the bathroom. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of like turning around a little bit and kind of shifting. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, sure. I, yeah, it'll look like I'm trying to crawl over furniture almost mm-hmm. like that kind of, okay, uh, sure. Yeah, no, that's not, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> no, when the two of you first got together, of course, it was via the, um matchmaking skills oh Graham. Of Graham i'm Finn. sure he well, told you about that yes certainly it was a lovely okay, story great, great. and i heard about the knife drama in the kitchen someone oh ex. he's talking about my fucking ex that's yes, right yeah absolutely <laughs> so silly he yeah he got me in a little pickle there for a while but <laughs> it worked out for the best and of course you know we've been together for 11 years in february so congratulations works clearly, out. well it clearly worked out yeah what was that relationship like the one before it um, it was a means for me to get out of Arkansas. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw like I, when I want, when I wanted to leave, he was like the only person in my town that was like really gay and like out and you know, whatever. And so we, we got together and, you know, I don't know if that, I, I don't know that I ever actually was like in love with him but i loved him and i loved him the the, the way that you know anybody would i, I mean like I, I don't know like a provider i felt like he was a little bit of a provider and like helped yeah. me figure out like you know how to be gay in that town sure so i when it come time he was like you know let's go to chicago and i'm like great i'll get into an art school you get into what you need to go to and then 
let's move. And so we did. And it was the, that was a means of that. But it got very controlling and weird. And I let myself be controlled, which was like I was I, there was a point where I was like, I am letting myself do exactly what every other person woman in my family screamed at me about as a child right i'm like this is what i heard my whole entire life that these men were pieces of shit right and that they were controlling and that you know and i'm like I'm, I'm letting him do this to me yeah and so i was just like when grant came along it was like the perfect moment because i was like mark absolutely let's go <laughs> I'm so glad you well, brought this go. up because, but it's funny how we can do that, right? We can be so aware of um, bad relationship patterns in family or that we've seen before, the ones that even we've counseled. I'm sure you counseled many of them uh, against situations, mm-hmm. right? But then you find yourself in one and then that can almost, uh, the, the shock of it and the mm-hmm. weirdness of it can almost yeah. keep you there longer. It kept me there. Yeah, it kept me there. It kept me there for a while, and I didn't think that I was going to be able to do it. And it felt weird. It felt awful. Like I hated it, you know, because I hated doing that to another person. But then I'm like, you don't understand what you're kind of fucking doing to me. Yeah, you know, you don't get it. Like I'm like, this is not good for us. Like this is just not. And I hate being that person. Well, I hate it, it, it because it's a, it's a I know how it feels. See this stuff. Yeah. I know how it feels. Like I know yeah. how it feels. I watched it my entire life. Failed relationships, broken relationships. Like my mother in one begging for the man that her high school sweetheart to just please, my God, like love her, be around her, and then you know, seeing her pull a mistress uh, off of his lap, oh, you know, wow. in the yeah. middle of you know, it's like I've seen it all. And it's like being there in that situation i was just like i've got to get the fuck out of here yeah and then mark because <laughs> it sounds to me also like it, it felt like maybe your identity was starting to slip away a little bit yes. because yeah and, yes and that's the scariest and he made fun of the oh. things that i liked oh, was just like, I'm that. like you motherfucker get the hell out of here. oh and it, like not you too wait a second get the fu- <laughs> i'm like yeah you i'm done with you see you later yeah and anytime the <clears throat> partner starts making fun of the stuff mm-hmm. the other one likes, that's I hate that too. When I hear a couple, and they're not just like, "Oh, he loves to," do the, but it's like a, there's a meanness to it. I just think, I hope they, they get yeah, it. we. Yeah. Ju- I mean, like me and Mark joke all the time. He loves really sad, crazy music, and I'm like, I don't like sad, crazy music. Yeah. I, I think you're a nut for listening to it. But like, you know, <laughs> obviously, I'm not yeah. gonna stop him from doing it. Yeah, no, exactly. But he very much was in the vein of like, I'm gonna say this shit so you stop doing. Or you stop liking it. Yes, you'll feel bad about this. You'll have a a Mm hang-up and um, be embarrassed about it. Which I never have a hang-up about what I like from, like, birth. So, like, (laughs) someone telling me that, I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you say. So To me, that's a big uh, indicator. And it's not even a red flag. It's just like a giant neon sign pointing, like, they're bad. There's something wrong with them. They don't mean well. We were just very young. Well, like, no, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I like, I when I say we, like, I've been in situations, you mm-hmm. know, similar to this because yeah. you don't realize because you're, well, listen, you're pulled by other things. First of all, you said provider, right? Well, mm-hmm. you'd been the emotional provider, yeah. and then someone's going to take care of you, and it seems like such a relief. Also, the only other gay person that seemed 
possible to have a relationship was, with. There's yeah. a lot of factors in that. There was you know? a lot of factors. And and I mean, it's not, I don't have any, I don't have one fucking regret in my life. No. Like, I just, you know, there was a lot of factors and it happened and, you know, you move on. And yeah, you, know, you learn that. from it. And then you have a fabulous relationship that you mm-hmm. just celebrated an anniversary for. I will have to say is like, <laughs> I am like a, I guess from like the, my childhood, like I always like, like self-help and like relationship shit like on tv oh yeah or like you know talk shows or like books or anything like i just devoured them as like a (laughs) teenager yeah like i was reading shit that i shouldn't be you know like probably like that was way older than that than you know that i wasn't supposed to read and like then when i got in college like i took spirituality classes Mm -hmm. and i took you know all these things like to help me figure out what was going on like and then there was lots of therapy and then so all of that made me kind of deal with everything. Like yeah. I, just, I just know how to get myself out of an emotional situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly. And, yeah. and then also to be so driven to be, to get out of Arkansas yes. at scene as well. And the interesting parallel, but you and rubber eight, it was 18, right? And mm-hmm. then Rosie as well, 18 mm-hmm. out, gone out the door. Yeah. That's impressive. Out the door. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I recently, we recently went back to Arkansas and you know, I have such a fond memory of that place. Like I do love Arkansas. Like I love the South, the South. I'm going to tell you right now is just to me, the salt of the earth people. Mm -hmm. Like they, the people are just really great, but they have a very dark side. Yeah. And it's just, it's really bad. And I was so it was the first time I went back home and I had like PTSD. What? First time in how long? First time in three, four years. And I, I just was like, you know, I cannot do this again for a very long time. Yeah. Like I, I love all, I love the place. I love seeing the places. It's a beautiful place. The South is so gorgeous. It's stunning. The food is amazing. Like, oh yeah. But the way that our, country is now and the people that have met, I mean getting very you know deep into this but I'm just telling you <laughs> no, what it's I'm fine. saying please keep 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 digging like, I the way that our country is right now and with people in the south it's just not a good combination and it's not a good combination for anybody that thinks differently looks differently oh yeah feels differently it just it's just not good right because you know with the financial pressures mm-hmm. that everyone's under especially yeah in you know lower income areas mm-hmm. people tend to start thinking very darkly yes and then that they do yeah that throws every every kind of other into the mix yeah. and i you know yeah i just had such bad ptsd because it's like i cannot believe i lived this way for so long like i cannot believe that i actually sat here and dealt with this shit for so long i mean not, not i don't think it was bad now I don't think mm-hmm. it was as bad then as it is now, but yeah. I I just can't believe that like it just seems like no one is living. Like it you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it gave me such fucking PTSD. I'm gonna tell you, like, I do not get triggered or I'm not sensitive like that. I'm not like I, I everybody knows this about me. Like you can say anything to me and it won't offend me. Mm-hmm. Like you can do anything to me and I'm like I'll figure it out. <laughs> but I was so triggered by going back to Arkansas. 
Now, was it the things people were saying, uh, the way that they tre- like behaved towards you, or just even seeing the land? Just seeing even seeing it and seeing my mother and seeing like my family and how they've reacted to this new political climate. Oh, okay. And seeing that and seeing like just people just. I mean, I had to go. So backstory: the reason yeah. why bald knob is such a tr- trigger for me right now is because <laughs> I recently. When I was in school, I was very liberal, like throughout school, and everybody yeah. knew it. Like everybody knew, it. I got kicked out of Sunday. I got kicked out of my Wednesday night services when my mom started taking me to uh, church at thirteen because I agreed with abortion. Oh, I got my teacher in trouble in high school because he had a Bible on his desk and he was teaching us history, and I'm like, I'm not going to that fucking class if he has a Bible on his desk. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got three or four teachers in trouble when I was younger <laughs> in high school because they just were not acting appropriate yeah so uh, about a year and a half ago there was a a a teacher a coach in my high school which i love my high school Mm -hmm. i loved my i love it was a terrible experience but my teacher saved my life there Mm -hmm. and like made it an experience that i can look back on and say that was okay yeah and knowing that there's kids there now that feel that way yeah Seeing a teacher last year, year and a half ago during pandemic, being racist online, I was not having it. Like I could not have it. And what's funny is that so many people from the town were sending me the material that he yeah. was being, how of how he's being racist because they were like, "You have to say something because you've done this your entire <laughs> life. Like we're scared. Yeah, yeah. We live here. Yeah. You have to say something." Right, and so like. I did, and I said it, and it and it caused an, a complete, absolute uproar in town. He got in trouble, and they had to have, uh, you know, diversity training. They wow. instated diversity training. They, yeah. had, all the teachers, all, all the faculty, had to come back in the summer to do it, <laughs> which they were not happy about. And I just was like, you know, when I, my mom, my my mom kept saying. You do not understand how people look at me now. Oh, right. Okay. Like, you do not understand how people look at me. You don't understand how they treat me. Like, people I've known for years, they don't treat me right because you did this. You did the right thing. I did the right thing. And it's terrible to do that. And it's terrible. And so, when I went there, I was nervous. Yeah, I can imagine. Because <laughs> it is small. It's 1,800 people. Yeah. And sometimes people are just looking for something to oh, attach their anger yeah, to, right? Yeah. And so me going into the grocery store or me going into my favorite childhood restaurant and seeing everybody fucking stare over their shoulder and cross their arms and look at me, I was just like, this ain't good. Yeah, no. I don't need to be here. <laughs> I do not need to be no, here. No, you do not so, want to feel like uh, Bette Midler in the Rose when she gets that sandwich at the deli yeah. or doesn't get the sandwich. Yet. No, I, I don't want to be that way. <laughs> no, that is not the vibe you were looking for, particularly on a homecoming trip. Right. Yeah, where you just would like to see your family maybe mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy the scenery. Right. Yeah, that's tricky. Now, I imagine that's going to kind of have uh, a long lasting effect on your plans on going back again. Yes, we have a very special trip planned in November to go back home. Mm-hmm. And 
under these circumstances that I can't speak about right now, but oh, sure. like, but uh, under the circumstances we're going back home, it's going to be very special and very beautiful. So I am looking forward to that, and hopefully that can change my mind and my view. Yeah, don't think so, but well, I, but it'll see. There be, you go. There's nice. that. There's that attitude again that we exactly. outlined at the beginning. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> which means that it will be a rousing success. It'll, it'll be great. I can say that. You can't say that right now because it's part of the process. Yes. I understand. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> like all the fabulous uh, things that you and the gang put together. Yes, it will be. It will be a very. It's a very important moment for the House of Avalon for sure it, to go back in November and do the things that we're about to do. And I'm excited. Well, that's good. I look forward to hearing mm-hmm. the news and seeing the videos yeah. and everything from it. Oh, and you mentioned um, how you unabashedly liked what you liked from a child's mm-hmm. from your from birth not from a, from a child's age which birth. i don't know what that would <laughs> do you remember the first music or tv or film that sort of triggered your interest the first thing i ever consumed was um the wizard of oz oh yeah yeah not even kidding you like and, and what's funny is like my mom somehow we got a hold of a video camera mm-hmm. she got a hold of a video camera we never had any money, but my dad was like a very big drug dealer. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there would be sometimes there would so be. Sometimes we of- had <laughs> items that were hot. And sometimes these items would show up out of the in the middle of the night and we didn't know where they came from. Sometimes incongruous ones like appliances that you're like, I'm not sure yeah, why we new have TVs, that. But- <laughs> you know, console TVs and things that would sit on top of each other three in a row. And so I was just like, she got a video camera and she videotaped from literal birth until i was like six maybe wow and it's like a library of tapes yeah and you can go back to the very beginning the first fucking thing that i consumed was wizard of oz that's wild to have that much of Mm -hmm. your childhood captured yeah it's kind of funny too because the parallel with you know the 24-hour camera Mm-hmm. which I have to break with the chronology, not that I ever stick to one, and mention the wonderful moment that you posted recently of the uh, Caleb's dance moves in the in the uh, living room. It looked like an outtake from Truth or Dare. <laughs> you know, it really, it looked like, what's what happened? Remember, what, what is Madonna? She scolds one of the dancers mm-hmm. or she shades them for having sex or something like that, right? Yes. And it very much reminded me of that with Gigi in the outfit. Yes. Having a snack so too, because funny. Madonna's also mm-hmm. eating in that scene, I think. So, yeah, let's, let's describe it for the listeners who. So, Caleb, I don't know what he wants. So, first of all, let me start at the beginning. I recently installed security cameras <laughs> everywhere in our home. Yeah. Because I, when I'm not there, I need to know what's going on. It's just my personal thing. I just need to know what's going on. It's not that I look at them all the time or like when I'm not there, like obviously I'm here and I'm not looking at the fucking camera in the living room or yeah. anything like that. And but it's like, not like a Tommy Matola situation where you're like, what are you doing? Why are you up so late? Yes. No, I don't give a fuck about any of that. But I do like to like. So I've created, you know, I've created a museum for myself oh, no, in I didn't my home. Notice. Like I didn't the, it is my, my home is I consider my museum. Yeah. And so like. 
I love to keep watch on it. Mm-hmm. I, I it, there's cameras outside, there's cameras inside, there's cameras in the bedroom. Like I, it's like whatever. So Caleb, <laughs> Caleb, loves to get drunk and uh, fall over shit. <laughs> and he had there. I have this beautiful white horse, this ceramic horse that I've had four years, yeah. like forever. And it's not even that important. I got it from fucking Savers, but I love it so much. Yeah. And he fell on the, fell flat on the glass table, knocked it in the floor, didn't break. Yeah. Then the next weekend, he goes to get off the couch and his arm swings and hits the horse and it goes flying into a million pieces oh it broke now oh i'm sorry you didn't see the second video no i did not see (laughs) the the second video (laughs) i'll have to go back and do the uh, appropriate uh, research and post i don't know if i've ever posted it but the second video i feel less uh yes uh uh, the second video is is funny because it's like how is it going you yeah, know like right. this is how it's going but the horse broke into a million pieces i finally put it back together i put every little piece back super glued it back together and yeah she's fine now but oh well that's good now you'll yes. have to send that to me because i can maybe use the audio it'll be like <laughs> yes. a, a little flash forward please of, do yes I, thank I will, you yeah. that'll be good i also love that uh you do keep a library of this stuff right of the of the footage yeah we have footage back from to when we first started doing anything. No, that's yeah. wonderful, though, because yeah. it's very much the, the Warhol factory mm-hmm. idea and also, you know, uh, the sensible way and the, um, I guess, the artistic approach to handling modern technology and everything. It's like we have these things available to us, so why don't we mm-hmm. do that? We recently have been starting to, like, sort of live in the moment. Oh, yeah. Like, I, that sounds really stupid. I hate that. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Is that what you want to say? <laughs> but like, we have a hard time documenting ourselves right now for the first time in a really long time because we're just moving at such a rapid pace. Sure. And like, we're moving at so, we're moving so fast all the time. And we're so, I wouldn't say exhausted, but it's like, we're just like, we forget to do it. Yeah. Like, we forget to do it. Uh, another reason why the cameras are so fun. Like, yeah. Because we can catch moments like silly moments like that. Like, exactly. whatever. But, um, yeah, we definitely, recorded from way back in the day until you know a few few months ago really yeah because like during covid like when for avalon tv i was just like so depressed at the beginning and i was like what could get me out of this depression right and what could make everybody just feel like they're doing something and i'm like turn the cameras on in the living room yeah turn the camera on in the living room and let's just do what we normally do in front of the fucking camera. Right. And be with people and in the only way you can. It was so, so successful. And yeah. It, and it saved it saved a lot of our mental states. Right. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if they they probably told you that as well. In the, in the Yeah, past. we definitely yeah touched on that. Yeah, yeah for it sure. It just really kind of saved our lives during yeah. during the pandemic well i can understand because the the strange thing too about all the mental stress and emotional bizarreness that we went through is that it's like unprecedented which sounds obvious to say but mm-hmm. like with breakups you have a terrible breakup and that's horrible but the first one you have there's never one worse than that mm-hmm. when you have the next one and it could be a worse situation you could mm-hmm. be in a w- much worse place but you, you so part of you goes Oh, okay. About six months of like eating too much ice cream, crying a lot, you know, 
too much, uh, lots of TV, mm-hmm. drinking, whatever. You, you kind of know. Oh, I, I know how to. I know how to get around this town. Yes, <laughs> but this yes. it was like what? Uh, what the fuck? And then when it kept going on and on what and on, what the fuck is right? And yeah, and, and I mean, we, the pandemic's been beat to death. But like everybody had the same sort of the same experience because we were yeah. all stuck at home. But well, no, believe me, I, I'm like, uh, don't talk, don't start talking about the pandemic because I mean, like, <laughs> was in the middle of it. That's all there was to talk about. Yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do a show? Uh, so, how, hey, how's the pandemic been for you? Terrible. Yeah, me too. Yeah, where were you when it started? Oh God, shoot me in the face! <laughs> like I can't take it anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, turning the cameras on in the living room, they just it worked, and, and you know, people gave us shit because we were all together, but we never got covid during the pandemic right never came close to us and we all sailed through pretty cleanly anyway right we all we all sailed through clean (laughs) we're clean and we all got fucking vaccinated within a week that's right well look you know as as uh tastemakers and queer culture you're gonna you know it's your civic duty (laughs) (laughs) although the queer you know the queer community always the first ones to be like we're doing we got it like we're on top of it we know where the thing is unless you're protesting outside the abbey that you don't want a vaccine oh god was that going on i didn't know that was going on there that's going on oh it's still going on i'm not even but that's all i'm gonna say about it because it doesn't need any i it we could do they're, a special bonus episode about the idiocy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a break from the show to tell you about something really important that you should get into right now. And that is the GoFundMe of our friend, Rubber Child. Hi, Divas. Why don't you tell the fine listening audience about your GoFundMe and why they should go there now? So I have a little GoFundMe to just help with um, financing my medical transition so if anyone can help at all, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And just the amount of love I've gotten already is stunning. And I feel I feel so loved. So thank you, everyone. That's wonderful. So show your love over and over again. Splash it out. Share it. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Share it, spray it, everything. Spread it. And go to Rubber Child's Instagram page. And actually, matter of fact, you're listening to this right now. So there is a link in the bio of this episode or the episode description, whatever you want to call it. It's there. So click on it now. Donate. And if you can't donate, make sure you share it around so other folks who can, who might not know about it, can do so. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am not on prep. I, you know, we are, I, we're sort of monogamous. I was curious about that. When you say sort of monogamous as well, do you mean that there's an occasional? Um... Yeah, we have. I mean, there's occasions. It's not. I mean, I, over pandemic, it didn't, of course, it didn't happen. You know? <laughs> well, no, but um, but that's also a great time to. It's occasional be monogamous with someone that uh, is in the house too. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had it made. 
<laughs> so, but anyway, I, yeah, we're, we're, we're monogamous. I mean, I would call ourselves monogamous. I mean, every relationship has like where we fool around with somebody. Yeah. Like that's not a big deal to us. Like we're, we don't get jealous like that. We're just, we're completely normal. Yeah. That. Like if we find somebody attractive, sure. We'll hook up with them and move on about our day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. So well, I think it's a very healthy approach. And also the so, fact that you, you know, do what you enjoy, which is being monogamous. Yeah. So like, I mean, prep for us is just like, eh, whatever. No, exactly. Well, again, back to the, why take this pill? Mm-hmm. You don't have to take a pill, especially when, when I was originally going to go, on it the first time that's right when there was those those uh class action suits about some kidney damage or something remember with pratt look i might be saying the wrong thing but there were some people who said that um there was an earlier iteration of it i can't remember the specifics people will have to google but i I thought everything's gonna do something yeah well true but um but anyway yeah so i'm going to get on that but about uh the two of you again um when you first got together how fast was it until you were like, oh, we're going to be together for a long time. Did you feel it immediately? Was it after a long period of courtship? It, it was it was drawn out because I think that I think that, you know, Mark was getting over a relationship. I was getting over a relationship. And to not make this feel like we were rebounding sort of. Yeah, yeah. It had to be like we had to feel like. So. And it's, it's it's like really hard to explain because it's like he wasn't quite ready to just do it. Like he wasn't quite ready to make the jump. I I felt like I wasn't really quite ready to make the jump, but yeah. we knew that we were there for each other. And I was like, let's just figure it out. Let's work it out. You know, I still want to be with you. Like whatever, let's work it out. Let's figure it out. And we did. Yeah. And it was, it, you have to work at it. Yeah. You know, we knew that there was love there. We knew that there was something there. You just have to work at it. And it is a constant process. Like, I will be the first fucking person to tell you, like, relationships are hard, difficult, stupid. <laughs> sometimes not fun. Sure. But, like, we always knew that we we had each other's back Mm -hmm. so it's like if if that's there then i don't give a fuck what you know as long as i love him more than life itself and i know he loves me so like there's nothing like let's just figure it out so there would be times where you weren't necessarily like a couple couple but you're still there was only one time there was there was only one time we we broke up for you know i think it was like three weeks something like that and it was like oh we're not together but we were together, <laughs> but yeah. um, we've been together for years like that. That we've never not been together. I that when he when he first started touring with Lizzo, it had been the first time in like seven, eight years I'd not been with him every day. Wow, what was that like to get used? It to? was the worst fucking thing in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like him being gone a year was the worst experience for me. Because I, I will say that I will say I felt that was a relationship I felt codependent in. Oh, okay, yeah. Like that was that was very that that was very codependence there. Sure. And when he left, it actually turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to us. Sure. Because I was like, okay, now I can figure out how to live my life. Right. Like yeah. I can figure out how to live my adult life without him being here right now. Right. Because that can be tricky too. Because even though it's a wonderful relationship, that yeah, it's can wonderful. But you can sort of just put a lot of yes. things into, well, factoring them and factoring mm-hmm. them in. 
it matured us a lot. It yeah. helped me mature a lot, you know, in figuring out how to live on my own. Because once again, I was doing that thing where, like, I was relying on another person, like, too much emotionally. And I was relying too much on, you know, another person. And, I mean, that's what he's there for. I mean, we're, we're there together for that. But it's still, you need to be independent. Yeah. Like, we need to be independent people. I pride myself on, I've always prided myself on being independent. And so has he so like when when that happened it was it was really good difficult as fuck but a lot of the best things are a lot of the best things in life are difficult as Mm -hmm. fuck absolutely and you only really realize it after or maybe in like the last third (laughs) yeah i mean i knew you know just like from my life i knew it was the best thing yeah but boy did i bitch sure Oh, I remember after I, I got out of a 14-year relationship that should have been a lot shorter than that. And I, I couldn't have been more thrilled to not have them in the apartment and all this stuff. But that first holiday season was so weird. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. I had a great time. There was a lot of dynasty. There might have been drugs. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, listening to the Rolling Stones, walking around with sunglasses on in the house, you know, that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It was so essential and needed, and I can't imagine life now without yeah. the adjustment period back to that. And it's given me a really great foundation for getting into things, you know, for sense, sure. yeah. Because without fully knowing yourself in certain ways, mm-hmm. it's, it can be, and because it can be easy because it's fun, and or it, maybe it's not fun, but mm-hmm. it's involving. And I've always sort of had like really just in the like the job front, like I've yeah. always, I mean, you know, I went to college. I have, you know, me. Grant and Mark have a fine art degree. We, you know, like everybody else on the planet, it's useless as fuck. You know, like it's useless as fuck. We learned so much. Like it changed my life, but like it's useless. And I found myself in a lot of jobs that were sort of dead end. Oh, sure. And I was sort of relying on him emotionally to figure that out for me because here's my partner that's being extremely successful sure and i am not so much successful or and fulfilled especially and right? fulfilled, fulfilled yeah. and what do i do and he was always always there for me for that yeah. like he was always like you can do this you can do this and i'm like i don't do anything well but talk bitch and figure myself <laughs> you know figure shit out and he's like well use that to your fucking you know thing and now i'm managing simone and just so happens that it comes in real handy (laughs) (laughs) all those things come in real handy it's so funny though a lot of those things sometimes we think well i do this this and this but that that's not it i can't get hired for Mm -hmm. that but actually you might have to make your own job Mm -hmm. right but then that's its own reward as well yeah and that sometimes does take time Mm -hmm. to sort out it does and 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 now i feel like you know this is what i'm supposed to be doing yeah and it it is Mm -hmm. but those dead-end jobs can really be a fucking killer uh, I mean, because, you know, you just feel like your life essence Ugh. is just disappearing. You don't even see it anymore. It's just gone. We, it, we were just li- literally last night talking about how my my trauma from one of my fucking jobs, it was called Playtime Pizza. <laughs> did they have a jingle on the commercial yeah of course they did (laughs) it was like chuck e cheese on acid (laughs) they had go-karts inside laser tag inside bowling inside and under one roof and it was a fucking nightmare (laughs) and it because we were talking about it because this boss that i had she is the only person known to man to get over get over on me oh like she 
just got under my skin and she knew how to manipulate me just in the right way. I don't know how the fuck she did it. Mm-hmm. Because usually if I'm in a situation like that, previous jobs, I would tell them to fuck off. Yeah. I'm not working. If you want me to do it, I'm not going to. If you want me to do it, you're going to have to tell me a different way. <laughs> right. Like I just am not good at authority. Like yeah. period. Also, I'm, I'm guessing like me, if you sense that someone is attempting to manipulate you, that is the immediate uh, rush to the top of the shit list. Yes. <laughs> and she did that to me and she got, oh, she really did it to me. And to this day, I wish her nothing but the worst. She still gets me and I, 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 <laughs> I, I am so glad that I uncovered. I tried so hard. This is a funny story I'm going to tell you. I tried so hard to figure out how to take this fucking company down. <laughs> It was every day, me and my, me and the executive assistant, she was just like, we fucking hate this place. How are we going to take this fucking place down? Yeah. And I'm like, I can drive, you know, I was to the point where I was going to take my car and drive through the fucking door. <laughs> Anything, a little blind. I literally approach, said to yeah. my mother, I was like, if I do not get out of here in the next few months, I will take this fucking car and it will be in the middle of laser tag. <laughs> and so one day it was like the motherfucking heavens opened up opened up and the sheriff walks in mm-hmm. to the executive assistant and i can i run over to the fucking i run over to her desk and i'm like what is this tell me what is going on yeah she's like hold on hold on we'll, we'll figure it out they were like here we have we just want to present you guys with a letter like this is whatever and we just sat there it was like it was a literal movie moment okay because <laughs> the fucking letter was on the desk and we were like what do we do we do we wait this. for her? Yeah. <laughs> or do we just fucking open it and yeah. you're, you're the executive assistant and you're just opening her mail? Yeah. I didn't know what this was. Right. Yeah. So what we did, it was very, I mean, this is an I love Lucy moment. We were like, how do we get this open without her knowing? So we're figuring it out. We get it open and the bastards have not, had not paid their taxes in six years. Oh, wow. And they closed the fuck down <laughs> there you go and i was like we didn't have to do shit no but you helped manifest they did it, it to into, himself they yeah, did, yes. yeah you just helped bring the cosmic attention onto it yes <laughs> it was fabulous it was the best day ever and i quit the next week and i was like and i wanted to have that moment of just being like you are a bitch from hell yeah. and you're a terrible person but i didn't do it and now she works at chili's <laughs> not that there's anything working wrong with chili's no but that's what you get sis. yeah well, it's interesting sometimes those uh, almost uh, Machiavellian minds that are so feverish to work in a situation where they just have some kind of modicum of control mm-hmm. over other people. Yes. And it's disgusting. It is disgusting beyond. She was something else. <laughs> now, what were some of the <laughs> other dead-end jobs that you had? I worked at Olive Garden. Okay. I worked at Olive Garden for three months. So it do was... you not share the same love of Olive Garden as some of the other members of House of Avalon? Oh, I love it every day. I'll eat it every day. Fabulous. That, that I, it, it is our... It's our home base, mm-hmm. but <laughs> where I I thought working there, you know, I'm gonna get some, I'm gonna get a discount, I'm gonna yeah. it'll be fine, I'll like it, you know, whatever. It was fucking awful, <laughs> and I made no money because I wouldn't take the tables. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not doing it. They came to a point where the person that was putting out the dishes was calling me a sissy. Oh my god! And he was like, "Get you know, get the fucking. Are you gonna get the fucking dish? Like, what are you talking? About? Come on, sissy, what are you fucking doing?" <sighs> so, once again, my mind. How do I take this motherfucker down? Oh sure. 
one day Mark is like, Mark picks me up from work and he Mark is like, I just saw your boss get in a car with Opal. Opal is the girl that runs Salad. I, I have to say her name because it was so iconic and yeah. she was iconic and whatever. She had three teeth. I love them all. <laughs> I have no, I am not degrading to anyone. I'm just telling you with this. Sure. How, how did she uh, work through those breadsticks? She did, she... I don't know, but <laughs> Opal was everything. Maybe she soaked them in something first. Anyway. But she had to. So Mark was, Mark was like, I just saw them get in a car. Yeah. And I was like, don't you fucking leave this parking lot until I have seen everything. <laughs> so we sat there for a good 45 minutes. Yeah. And they come out of the car. She, he had been fucking Opal in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, and I immediately the next morning went to the manager and I was like, he's fucking her in the parking <laughs> lot. And he's also, he's also being homophobic to me. So yeah. if you want me to stay here, I'm not, you're going to have to figure it out. Wow. And I got his ass fired. Good for you. I got his ass fired. Cause I, 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 I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And then, they fired him over me and then you know a month and a half later after it was to the point where i did not want to go to work so bad that i would have mark come in my eye in the morning (laughs) and make it look like i have red eye like we would instantly i would instantly go to work and i'd be like i don't know what i don't know what the deal is today but but i know that pink eye can really be contagious yeah i I don't want to put you at risk and this is what yeah and so they would send me home (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, they were, they were probably like, "What the fuck is this kid doing?" He's like, got pink eye every other week. Yeah, but like, yeah. Um, he can't be touching the food. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, they fired him over me, and I, I left. It was, it was, a, it was a three and a half month experience for sure. It was not good. That but. sounds like longer than it should have been. It was way longer than <laughs> it should have been. Uh, you know, remember, folks out there listening, if you're gonna fuck uh, a coworker or not underling. And uh, the parking lot. Don't be homophobic. Don't be homophobic because yeah. I wouldn't give a fuck. I wouldn't if he was if he was on my because I, I loved Opal. Opal, yeah. Opal was the shit. She was she was never homophobic to me. She was always we always had fun together. We always kicked it together. But you just had to be part of the plan, Opal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry, Opal. <laughs> you, you, you know you, what do they call that? The when the the um when a bomb goes off in the shrapnel, they call it like. Uh, uh, the ricochet, what something like about? that. It's something. I know uh, the damage. word you're talking yeah, about. You know? <laughs> I'm thinking about the word you're saying, but I don't know it either. <laughs> It'll come to us later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but whatever, secondary. Yeah. So okay, so those are the two highlight ones. Were there ever any jobs that you had for like a day, and you were like, "This is I can't do this." No, other than that, I had pretty like my other jobs were kind of interesting and okay. Like I did obituaries for the Ball Knob Banner. Huh. That was my first job. Mm-hmm. I would go down to the funeral home and get the obituaries, type them up sorry, don't on. Do that. What was oh, that? You're scratching the mic. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I would go get them and type them up on. Uh, I th- this sounds so nuts, but do you remember Cork? No, what's that? An Apple program. Called oh, Cork. oh, yes, yes. I, okay, yeah. That old program. Really? Yeah, yeah. That I would. We would do. We were running on those things. We were running on those old apples, and like, it was a fun job. I loved it. I I love characters like yeah like people are people in the south are characters mm-hmm. and i can really like that's what i do when i get into a job like i worked at dillard's for a while and what's dillard's dillard's is a department store oh, okay sort of like um it's like the south's nordstrom oh okay yeah yeah it started in little rock and their flagship store was there and i worked there for about two years which was like a fu- really fun job um 
rob them blind every day of Good. fragrance, but uh, <laughs> they need to, you know, they need to be kept on their toes. Yeah, and there is not a job that I have not. There, well, there's actually the the ball on banner job and the last job that I that I, that I had last corporate job I had. Mm-hmm. I they were wonderful people. I loved them and I didn't do anything wrong. But every other job I fucked them over in one way or another <laughs> sometimes you just gotta get yours back somehow i do i i yeah, do yeah american apparel was awful too and i stole from them every goddamn day <laughs> well and you need clothes right so this yeah. works out <laughs> when i worked at a starbucks it developed a whole system of stealing all kinds of things i love when i love when employees do that oh yeah me too it makes me so happy whenever whenever i would see an employee do it at dillard's or like anywhere i would be just like you better fucking work bitch i've given uh, suggestions to starbucks yeah. employees i'm like listen if you want <laughs> it, i love when people do that but I, I remember in high school there was this there was a girl that i knew was working uh i can't remember what drugstore it was but they figured out how to fill a deb fill fill a gift card mm-hmm. and oh. then like unplug the register really quick uh-huh and then it would stay filled <laughs> but they would it would never go on the register that's amazing it was fucking genius and i was like you are the t yeah they have a future possibly as a corporate embezzler <laughs> yeah it was like you are the t i i would never forget this out but i'm so happy for you and like me and grant would do shit like in high school we'd like because our our girlfriends always used to steal from JC Penney's and like I'm st- I'm really making ourselves out to be thieves, but I swear to God we're not. We we do not thieve anymore, and I have not stolen years. But now you've given it up after discovering the Lord, right? That's uh... sure, yes. <laughs> but uh, but we had to do what we had to do when we were younger. Well, yeah, yeah. So well, and also the general environment is essentially hostile yeah no totally and so me and grant would be like um hey arby's yeah we just were there we didn't get we didn't get fries we didn't get we didn't get our fries to order go around get the fries hey uh mcdonald's you forgot to put like two quarter pounders in here go to mcdonald's get the because they back then they didn't give a fuck yeah they they were like oh receipts whatever whatever (laughs) it's arkansas it's like small town sure sure this is whatever yeah so also employees i gotta say employees at fast food places and things like that they shouldn't give a fuck yeah they should not give a fuck you know whenever i've had someone get like an attitude with me at a store or whatever i'm like what do you what uh what what are you getting out of this like you've got to like uh separate your identity from the store identity Mm -hmm. because that's not going to work out well of course i don't get into it with them but you know. Yeah, but the, I mean, I'm, I don't know how Grant ever talked about this, but our retail environments that we grew, like we did and we're in, like, yeah. people take that shit real seriously. Oh, I call it retail poisoning. Yes. Because it, they almost get fanatical. It, be- it is fanatical. Yeah, and, and then they're talking about, ooh, the regional manager's mm-hmm. coming, and oh, you know, and then when inventory time comes mm-hmm. around, there's this whole kind of like weird uh, quest for, uh, not quest, but it's like a, it, you're on a mission or yes. something. And it's like, no, you're just overworking us. And are we getting overtime? And yeah. probably not. And, are we getting paid at all? You know, like, yeah. are we getting pennies? Like, yeah. I think the first time I recognized that situation was when I was working at J. Crew, And I was there and I was a part-time employee. Like, most of them were because they didn't want to have to give them insurance or they didn't want to have to, get, you know, do this kind of crazy shit, you know. So they get just bullshit. enough hours a yeah. week. And, yeah. And so... I always knew that I was a part-time employee and I was going to not be there forever and I was going to go do other shit. But the way that the other gals treated it, I was just like, are we living in the same universe? Like, this is fucking J. Crew in the Litterock Mall. Like, this is not, I know this is like important to you maybe, but like, come on now. Right. 
Because at the same time, of course, any job, there's nothing, there's no shade about the job, but there's this other layer. To me, it's the authority. Yes, it is. I fucking hate authority. And I I think that everyone else should hate fucking authority as well. And and authority wielded properly shouldn't feel, it doesn't feel like authority. It doesn't feel like that. And and that's what I think that is like the thing for me is like... it's just about authority. Like I, yeah. I'm surprised. I am generally taking back when people are taking authority and like it's bullshit. A lot of people like, again it surprises me. Yeah. Like I was always surprised in that retail environment, like how we are not figuring out to how to fuck these people over at every every turn. <laughs> or like, just not give a shit at the, la- at the very least. Shit. Just to be like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. Like, and I mean, that sounds really uh, dismissive of me because like, you know, some people really need the money and like, obviously I really needed the money as well. Oh, sure, at I did the time. Too, yeah. And you know, you have to take it some sort of seriously, but like, you just can't, you, you gotta stop. Like, I saw this like meme today and it was like a, at a subway and it was like, um, I really need help. Like the manager had put like uh, the, the franchise owner had put like, I need help really bad. Like, please, I'm running this, operating this store by myself. Yeah. And someone had commented underneath it like, yeah, because you want to keep all the money for yourself. <laughs> you want to run the fucking store and keep all the money. I'm like, this is, this is a bigger issue, but you get what I'm saying. Well, like, I, I absolutely get what you're saying. It's such a weird, it's a weird thing. Cause you need the money and then you've got these people that are just so submissive. And I'm like, but that's what was great about Dillard's. I'm this last thing I'm going to say about it. <laughs> The Dillers was really great because there had been people there that had worked there for 35 years. Yeah. Like women that had worked there for 35 years. Right. And they were stealing every single <laughs> fucking day for 35 years. Good for them. And yeah. it made me so happy to see these older women that had spent their entire, gave their entire life to this fucking company, literally unabashedly walking out the door with a king bedspread <laughs> fleecing the place it was yeah. just so amazing i loved yeah. every moment of it that's the back to that thing of uh this pretend fantasy way of looking at things because the people who are in authority there were like clutched to it like it's some kind of badge mm-hmm. of honor it allows them to pump themselves up and you know that when they go home at night it's all they're talking about all they're talking about it just and they're just so boring and there's nothing else going on mm-hmm. in the mind mm-hmm. there's nothing else there's nothing there's nothing else and i find i found a lot of times you know in those jobs in arkansas that they my that the bosses were homophobic. Like everywhere I went, every job that I was in, they were. Wait, you're saying that people with uh, yeah. a refusal to uh, engage their mind are homophobic? Yeah. This is, wow. Okay. It, I'm gonna have the, to do some research on this. I don't Dillard's know. Dillard's very homophobic. Yeah. Like uh-huh. they, they were just, they were just a shitty company all around. They treat their employees like fucking shit. They treated me like shit. Like, you know, they and they get away with it by by paying people well. But when they, but you know, as with every situation like that, in every fucking Republican on earth, they. If they're gonna pay you well, they want your oh, soul. Yeah, they're gonna take that blood out of you. Yeah, yeah. they want they want you to sign with your fucking bloody finger. Yeah, you'll get the money, but you'll always have to display yeah. how grateful you are. Yeah. and uh, how underneath them yeah. you are as well. I'd never seen women so overworked in my entire life, and just to the point of just complete exhaustion. And like, it was such an interesting time for me because I documented everything. I, my phone was always in my pocket, always on record. (laughs) And I would record these conversations with these women and like, it would just be nuts. Like they just so overworked. And so 
Anyway, corporations are not for me. Well, no, but I'm always fascinated by that because I was <laughs> yeah. talking to someone uh, just recently about the sort of cultish vibe going on at their company. And mm-hmm. now they're looking into something else. And, you know, they were talking about someone who was just overworked. We were talking about that um, sort of uh, suffering as nobility mm-hmm. uh, notion, which is the yeah. another flavor of that mm-hmm. stuff and you can find that it's sort of maybe a higher end mm-hmm. thing like a publication or yeah. something like that you can see it in a lot of different companies mm-hmm. that sort of thing yeah no you can and the thing is is that it is really amazing to me that i've gotten myself into these positions and been like because i am a person that pays attention to every fucking detail of everything yeah like and and the way that people are in the human condition like i i had to grow up that way by watching people surround around me Mm -hmm. so they we wouldn't die you know like so it was like i had to watch this fucking crackhead so if he made a move i was out you know you you develop a sense you know that like even if their arm is is starting to go a certain direction we got to get out of here yeah and so watching people like people watching is my ultimate fucking thing like i can do it all day long send me to the westfield mall and i'm there for the rest of the day but like yeah watching people in corporate settings and things like that has helped me and it's helped us in the world that we're in now because i know when people are bullshitting me i think it's memeable or something but the thing where it's like you know your incredible emotional intelligence well maybe that was from if not an abusive uh, a disruptive childhood right mm-hmm. whatever but it's also a superpower like these are the bad things that then you can turn oh, into yeah. great things you know and um, which clearly that's your attitude about it dolly well. parton has the best one of, one of the greatest lyrics i cannot remember what song is from it, it it is um you know all the money in the world couldn't make me relive that yeah but like it was such an important the the i cannot remember the exact lyrics that's okay the sentiment is fine but the sentiment is you know it was a beautiful time it was an experience i I would never take it back for anything but all the money in the world couldn't make me relive it yeah exactly you know like I, i i would never relive my life but thank god that that happened i don't even believe in god (laughs) but like that thank god that that happened yeah you know because i really learned how to do it i I really learned how to figure myself out and also thank god for me being gay sure because if i if i was not gay in that situation and like literally from the moment i popped out like had my mind outside the box as gay people usually yeah at birth are like they're i always think of it as like they're a gay person's brain is always outside the box no matter what even if you're the most heteronormative person it still is you you still are there and i think that is what is so beautiful about the south is that like those people those gay people that they have to figure out how to live right like they have to figure out how to live and how it's best for them and like me getting myself out of that situation i always think if i was straight I would have been a mechanic and I would have been selling drugs. Sure. Just like my daddy. Because yeah, like, you would have had no reason none. to think about the stuff you were forced to think about. Right. Which is a gift. It is an absolute blessing on earth in the universe to be gay. And uh, thank God for the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> thank God for the Wizard of Oz. It lit, you know, I, I, I tell everyone I know all the time, like, it's the most beautiful movie in the entire world because it is the story of life from beginning to end it is it's the age old you can't lead a horse to water 
Right. You know, like you, yeah. you could have, we could have told her a zillion times this is how it was going to end up, but would she have listened? Absolutely not. No, she had you to know? go through it. And you had to fucking go through it. And that, <laughs> and it's just so funny that it's like, I think it is such a strange thing. It's like, that's, you track it back to my home videos. That's the first fucking movie I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the first thing I had, you know, was obsessed with. And it led to my obsessions of crazy things. And I'm, I get obsessive about a lot of shit now. Oh, I do as well. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) I'm the same way. I'm like, I get, I just go into a rabbit hole and I just get obsessed with it and I want everything from it. Yes. Like I want every piece of material Mm -hmm. from it. And every interview, I want to read every uh, article, merch, fucking, oh, oh, yeah. Props, everything. You know, that's all I want. So, but yeah, I just, that's the way it is. It's like you have to get out somehow. And it taught me how. It taught yeah. me how to be and the corporate stuff and the work the shitty jobs again you're looking at it through the the lens mm-hmm. that you'll never get rid of nope. and and like you said it helps you to know when people are full of shit and in the entertainment industry there's a lot of people who yeah, are full of shit all of them yeah <laughs> Everyone, Grant probably told you this too. It was like when we first came to LA, we were like, "This fucking city is a cardboard. It's a it's a cardboard city." No, he didn't mention that. So oh, we always talk about this. Yeah, it's like we were. It took us years. It took us like, I mean, three years to feel like this was home because of the way that people are. Like, and what, and what way specifically? LA is specifically is the people. Unlike, say, New York. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you New York, for example, or Chicago, because I live there, too. And Arkansas. Yeah. People are just tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like you. Get the fuck out of my face. Move on. Yeah. Here, it's all smiles. Yeah. And you are expected to have the smile and the and the shit when you go, when you see people out in public and you do it. And, you know, and if you do have a problem with it, well, everybody else is... It's like a level of people pleasing that I've never seen in my life. Sure. We are not people pleasers. Never have been. I've never been that way. And people here just love to do that. Well, and I noticed the most sinister version of that is that people will go overboard yes. to give you the impression that yes. they either want to work with you, want to make plans with mm-hmm. you, something that yeah. they don't even need to get into. Mm-hmm. And they, they not just have no interest in it, they have less than no interest. They, they actually want the 100%. opposite. And that to me is the ghoulish They want thing. the opposite yes exactly that's where it gets you fucked up because they because they want the opposite for you and they once you've told them that you want that from them they will then go figure out how to not make it happen for you yes and that is what la is and you know i'm grateful for our family that we've created here yeah i would when we are away from them i feel like uh, my arm has been lobbed off Mm -hmm. but like the people in LA, a lot of them are very shitty. Yeah. And, you know, I always like to try to say, no, LA gets a bad rap, but this is so true. Mm-hmm. There, it's nothing more true. I mean, I did, uh, when I first got here, I loved the sort of easy everyone, at, like at restaurants or the staff somewhere. They're very friendly. Mm-hmm. But then when that friendliness gets into that fake friendliness mm-hmm. where it's really pernicious too, because there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of thinking about a lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's very weird. It's just very weird. So I have to agree with you on that. 
But I think there's a lot of great things about LA. But I think LA is again one of those weird. It it is weird. There's a specific weirdness about it. That's why there's so many movies made about it and books made it. Not just because the people live here. It's fucking weird. It's fucking bizarre. It's bizarre, and I have grown to love it. Yeah. Like I love it here. I would not live anywhere else in the country. Like right now, I just I, I don't think I'll ever. I I see myself being here forever. And there was a moment me and Mark were driving and we were watching the sunset and like I was like, you know, I think to I think now it feels like home. Yeah. Like I think this feels like home. And now you know, I think you know we're not in like we're not like the you know Hollywood elite, <laughs> but like I feel like more empowered now to just be honest about well, things i think there's a certain aspect of when you're a known entity yeah a lot of the weird stuff mm-hmm. goes away although then there's other weird people because then they're either trying to get yeah. something from you or there's the so it's a strange balance but it's like better than not having it well it, that's it, yeah. what's so funny is everybody's like you guys are just so blocked off like and like you know it's like <laughs> you guys just you guys just hang out with each other and like it's just the 14 of you and it's like oh it's like whatever and i'm like well, of course, because we all know each other. We all are emotionally honest with each other. We're going to bitch each other. We're going to scream at each other. We're going to love each other. But nobody else has the capability of doing that. Well, and also then, <laughs> you know, like, and also there's... We have not come across the, uh, anyone else that has been able to do that. <laughs> well, and also like 14 people. That's like a good number of folks it's that you see. a great number of people. Different combinations. We oh, all have wanna... our own talents. We all, have, we all are self-sufficient. One person cuts hair. One person does this. We don't ever have to go do anything. Yeah. And it's like someone <laughs> is more likely to watch some kind of movie with someone else right. than another. And then they can watch the other kind of movie with, or like listen to the sad music with Marco. Yes. You 100%. Know? <laughs> like that's how it goes. But, you know, LA is just like... I, like I said, I feel a little bit more now that I can be honest and not take the 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 shit that I've taken in the past three years, four years, because you know I I feel like I've earned like a little bit. I've earned like a new Cub Scout badge. Sure, yeah. like I've, yeah. I've like I've earned a new badge. You can be honest now. Yeah, and so now I'm a little bit more honest. I don't. I don't. I don't fuck with the people that I used to fuck with. I don't. I'm not going to be fake with people. Like if you yeah. if, I, if if you're there, I'm just going to be like, "Hi, moving about my day." Like I'm not going to sit here and say, "How are you?" and "What did you do this weekend?" Yeah, you know, so like, great to see you. Oh, where have you been? Oh, we have to get together. That's the one no. that drives me crazy. We have to get yeah. together. No, I'm not getting together with anybody. <laughs> well, I I just I noticed that generally I only hear that from people mm-hmm. who have again no. Let's say on the most benign version, they mm-hmm. don't really have any intention. And, and when I hear it from them, I'm almost like, oh, right, right, right. We don't hang out. And we won't. Yeah. No, we won't. I know. <laughs> no, I, I, I've actually said that to people. I swear to God. I'm like, we're never going to be going to lunch <laughs> I, I, adore, I adore you and I like seeing you at the club, but we're never going to have lunch together. Like, yeah. And it's good. It's like, it's almost like that old good fences make good neighbors thing. Yeah. Because you can have pleasant interactions with yeah. different stratas of associations because i wouldn't say friendships no but like club friends or this type mm-hmm. of friend or whatever those, it's great yeah so that's i think a key thing too in defining that but it stuff. also has like you know for people for for some people it has hindered their perspective of us because we are so close off and then it seems like a click and then we're the mean girls and then it's this and it's that and i'm like it's actually none of that because if you were just down to party and ready to go and fun then we're gonna have fun with you i find a lot of times that when people classify other people in a sort of dark way it's definitely a reflection on the way 
they look at the world, right? 100%. And I mean, obviously there's instances where someone has a bad interaction with someone for whatever reason, they get a sort and of a, a scant. Sure, of course, of course. We've had those. Yeah, um, but that notion, oh, you guys are a clique or whatever, people can see a group of people having fun together or mm -hmm. making art together, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And immediately it sets their uh, teeth mm -hmm. on edge because yeah. either they can't do it, because it, it's not even, I, they would like to be in something like that because that's yeah. a sweet version of that and that usually leads to people finding people who want to do something like that mm -hmm. you know it's like when you're inspired by i'm sure there's an artist that you were inspired by or uh, and maybe another uh like the warhol factory let's say like that kind of inspiration yeah. or something you know who i'm inspired by and me, and, and yeah. a lot of people like they always like you know they dog them they talk shit about them it's like whatever and it, it, i'm fine with that like you know i i have tons of problematic icons <laughs> not to say these people are problematic because yeah. they make the biggest show in the end fucking gay world world of wonder like i mean with all the things you know that people say about them and whatever they have stuck together through and through right. for years right and that is inspiring to me and I, I i get inspired you know like we ourselves i remember a long time ago this one drag queen not to be named she said tell me afterwards Good. sure yeah <laughs> she said you're never going to stick together. Oh. You guys are never going to. There's going to be some drama. There's going to be this and this and this and this. And this. And I'm like, I don't think you quite understand our dynamic. Yeah. Because the dynamic is we are family. Right. And when somebody says, oh, your friend, sometimes I get, a it triggers me a little bit, like it pisses me off. When they're referring to when uh, they're just referring to people at my 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 family as a friend. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Because I'm like, no, we're not just fucking friends, and that's <laughs> not just my best friend. That is like my sister. Sure. Like that's my brother. That's yeah. my sister. Like like that that uh, that's the way that I feel. Like yeah. And when you're in that sort of family, you you have to be emotionally honest. Mm. And once again, it's going back to this, but to Grant to Caleb, to Robert, to Simone, to everybody. If if we feel pissed off at each other, if we do anything, or if, you know, something happens, it's a complete honest moment. Yeah. That was dumb. That was fucking stupid. Why did you do that? Okay, let's move on. And I'm sure that extends to things like, you know, that hurt my feelings or things like that that aren't just quite as judgmental, right? Is yeah, that I don't think anyone... I, I mean, I could be wrong, and like I'm probably everybody is probably gonna be like, oh, that, of course, hundred things that blah blah blah, and then they're all talking about my back. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I know I hurt people's feelings sometimes. But what more? What I mean is that like it, it's not just like that was stupid or that was whatever. Like yeah. I mean, like emotional things. Yeah, like I'm, oh, I'm no, feeling this absolutely. kind of way about something you said it's, or it's, something it's like that. It's honest emotion. It's like yeah, you know yeah. that, that fucking hurt my feelings. That did this, and you know I really didn't like the way you did that. Like whatever, and that's just the way we work. I and we will be around each other forever unless everybody decides to get married and hate each other. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, the change I could see is maybe a compound with you know m multiple houses. It's my only dream. I can I can imagine. Yeah, it's my only dream. I've, I, that's my only dream. I wish that I had. I could win the lottery tomorrow because I would have a motherfucking trailer park in Palm Springs. I would have a fucking how compound here in L.A. Yeah. and 
You have satellite houses for trips. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So. I want a trailer park so bad, and I want everybody to have their own single wides. It's, it's <laughs> that, like my ultimate dream. That's a beautiful dream. I, that's my ultimate dream, and I want everybody to have a home. And if I had, if I won the lottery tomorrow, everybody would have a home and never want for another fucking thing. Well, I mean, you all are really, you know, especially comparatively, very young. So there's a lot of time to make all that happen, and there's yeah. so many things. Go buy some tickets. Well, there's already so many. Well, I mean, you know, like even without winning the lottery, yeah. But again, yeah, a lot of scratch cards you have lots of time mm-hmm. to buy scratch cards i always say when i what i want for my birthday is i want paper towels and scratch cards <laughs> they're both That's very the easy. only thing i fucking want for my birthday <laughs> you do i do run out of paper towels quite I a bit i love paper towels yeah it's an obsession for me it i i'm i know i'm supposed to be green but i fucking love paper towels. well you can get those recycled ones right they're bad are they well they get a little scratchy. always says a cheap paper towel is not a bargain yeah no that's a very very true fact back to the world of wonder thing yeah sometimes people do like to paint them in a certain light mm-hmm. or it's evil or i mm-hmm. noticed too people like to put this conspiracy theory type thing on mm-hmm. groups or things that are successful yeah that there's something there's some secret there's some and and they're Usually the explanation for everything is a lot more mundane. Mm-hmm. There are people, World of Wonder, for instance, or you you all, um, similar interests who actually go about making something. Yes. That's and it. sometimes making some stuff is hard. And sometimes oh, yeah. making stuff, uh, you have to do things that are difficult to make it. <laughs> and sometimes you do that with the precept that you're going to make it look like it was easy. Yes. Because that's part of it. Yes. Yeah. And... And, you know, the factory, World of Wonder, people like that, that's who we look up to. And that's who, uh, that's who we are. Like, I mean, like I said earlier, people want to make it out to be, they're the mean girls, they're a clique, they're whatever. Nothing, by the way, I've ever thought. I would never, would any of you say the mean girls thing? There is some people at the bars, there's some people at the bars, um, that actually really thought that about sure. us and they would not hire us. And then someone said, just do it. I promise you're going to be surprised. I promise you're going to sure. be surprised. This person did it and we had the best fucking night ever. Yeah. And they were like, my opinion them was completely wrong. It was completely wrong because I had them pinned as a certain thing, and if I if we had just hung out, yeah, and just fucking been on you know around each other, yeah, like we I would have seen that all they they are is a bunch of country hooligans that <laughs> want to drink and party and have mad obsessions with pop culture, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and just be and talk about TV, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, oh, did you get a chance to watch that Murder She Wrote episode? I did not. I will be honest with you. I, I it, my life has been so fucking busy. Yeah, well, let's talk about what's been going on lately. <laughs> yes, my life has been so busy. You can I, take a sip of your Aloe King. Let me make sure you're hydrated and. Uh, my life has been so busy. I've been, we've been working out Simone's career and yeah, you know. uh and congratulations Just, again to Simone, you, and everyone on is, the Kimmel appearance. It was really beautiful. It was to see. amazing. Yeah. It was really amazing. It was, I was in the audience bawling my eyes out the entire time because, you know, a lot of people don't know what that is today, like that uh, Johnny Carson moment. Roseanne, that was the, her break. Yes. She got asked to sit down. And, yeah. They that was very rare, and especially for a woman, and yeah. she and it happened. And I RuPaul asking Simone to be on uh, uh, that show was really important, and 
it was a modern day Johnny Carson moment for me being like, yeah. you know, you are doing something right. Mm-hmm. And that is all I care about, you know, yeah. that Simone is, that the world gets to see Simone the way that I have personally seen her for nine years. Right. Like, that's all I care about. Like, that I, I want people to see that and I want people to understand it. And it's happened. So. Yeah. And it's going to continue happening too. Yeah, it's going to continue happening, and it's going to be. She's going to have one. She's going to have a legendary career. I yeah. have no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah, already so far. Already so yeah. far. So, you know, because again, RuPaul could have had anyone on. Absolutely. You know, RuPaul is the pick of. Yeah, he, so. he picked all of his guests, and, yeah. and and he chose Simone, and that is just not because she's a reigning queen it's because she's really fucking good yeah and she's she's charismatic she's down to earth she's um southern which is always a plus for me Mm -hmm, sure you know like that you that you have that sensibility about you and um she's the best best the best cream of the crop and what about the other stuff that uh anything you can talk about uh there's a few things we can talk about i mean we have a big trip coming up to new york soon which is great and is it a longer trip than the last one uh yeah oh good yes i think so no good because from what has been described to me and (laughs) what i assumed it was a very um madcap schedule and so packed with exciting things that it's that kind of whirlwind sometimes can almost be difficult to experience when Mm -hmm. you're experiencing it that new york trip was if i could replicate that 50 times over in my life I would because it was just so fun to just run around New York and just not give a absolute shit. Simone had never been to New York. Oh, cool. It was her first fucking time in New York. She yeah. had never seen anything. And Great first trip to New York. Great first trip to New York and just like running around and it was so fun. Like you just felt like kids, like just yeah. running here and there and that's all we want. Yeah. Is right. to have a, a a childlike experience as an adult, right? As long as we're having fun and you know making our dreams come true and putting eating, <laughs> post mating, sure, not putting food on the table anymore, but no. right. post mating. <laughs> that's all I give a fuck about. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. But being able to fully just go down the rabbit hole of your obsessions and also turn that into. Yes. Work and things that you're celebrated for it, and make money from. I mean, it was um, the experience of hearing RuPaul think we were all a hundred years old on Jimmy Kimmel was such a compliment to me. Such a fucking compliment. And I, like, I, I, I could get emotional about it right now because, like, we, you know, me and Grant used to pillage our little local record store because for Foxy Lady. Uh And any RuPaul record, you know, in the middle of the, you know, desert South, you know, like (laughs) there was nothing, there was no queer anything anywhere. Yeah. And so like we would just pillage for RuPaul CDs and we, you know, we found Foxy Lady once and we just lived and died by that record. Yeah. And to hear her say that about us was just everything. What do I, what I'm like, I have been in a, I have held Madonna's hand, been in a room with Cher, been in a room with Dolly. RuPaul's complimented my intelligence. I could fucking die tomorrow. 
Like I'm ready to go, you yeah. know, like now maybe just Charo is going to compliment you on your dancing. Absolutely. And then, yeah. <laughs> and Gigi got to have that experience on her season. No, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm one degree away from that. Yeah. So that's taken care of. That, that, yeah. that box is checked. <laughs> so I'm glad that's a longer trip in New York. And Grant had mentioned about how, you know, magical it was meeting and how it was like, you know, you, you, you've mm-hmm. been sort of around each other, but never really met met until the liquid lock-in I believe. oh god yeah that <laughs> fucking baptist church lock-in that i only went to because the wave pool now is the big exciting event in arkansas a sort of you taking over the liquid lock-in or you can't say now i know i, I, I get wish it. <laughs> that maybe. place is long closed oh, okay well maybe you'll, you'll find another place mm-hmm. another good water park that yeah. fits the bill but um it must have been a rather magical for you too to have you know, a compatriot. Listen, all it took was who the fuck is the best cat woman? Who the fuck is the best cat woman? <laughs> you go first. You go first. Michelle Pfeiffer. Done. Sealed in. It was like it was like that Harriet the Spy moment where they like <laughs> stamped each other's feet. Like that yeah. was it. Like it was Blood Brothers. Mm-hmm. You just we just instantly knew, and it was like that full summer of just going through. It, like we it, it was like almost like our minds were like filing cabinets and we were like opening each fucking filing cabinet and just throwing the shit everywhere all over my room and being watching this and finding this and and it was like at the end of that summer we were like okay <laughs> now we know everything yeah and how long after that was when you went to chicago uh i went to chicago probably a year or two after that year and a half so After it that. must have been strange too to be far away from each other then, but I know everyone was yeah, at different colleges. Yeah, but and, we talked a lot, and yeah. he was on the phone. You know, I got to do things. You know, I would always give him. You know, oh my God, I'm going to fucking Jerry Springer for the fourth time today in Chicago. Like, <laughs> like you know, just that was all of that. Like we would always talk on the phone. He would come visit. He came yeah. visit like three or four times when I was there. But, um, yeah, and then I was like, if you do not leave Arkansas this very moment when we do it's not gonna be good now this would be when when we moved to la okay right so there okay so let's talk about that like what was the lead up to the move like when was it decided and how did you put it together we decided it by like um we had pretty much done everything that we needed to do there like you know we had like if anybody from Arkansas is listening to this and they're like, Oh, rolling their eyes or whatever, they can say whatever they fucking want to, because there was no queer community in Arkansas. There was zero queer community in Arkansas. Yeah. It was fragmented. It was all over the place. It was very old school, very heteronormative, the same shit, different day kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And for someone to come in there and stir it up, nothing made sense we did nothing that made sense yeah and it boggled their fucking minds it pissed them off and mm-hmm. made them think and then well people don't like that no not at all <laughs> and we got tons of uh, army of gay kids from all over the fucking south and partied our asses off yeah and that was beautiful and amazing. And when they started sending me gifts on Father's Day, I was like, let's go. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Because I cannot be, I cannot take care of anybody. 
I cannot, I cannot fully take care of these people. Like I, ha- I love them dearly, but like it, it's become, it became overwhelming. Like and a little too close, maybe with mm-hmm. because of the nature of being the only thing there. I don't mean too close with the folks that you know in in the house. Yeah, but the folks that were coming to the nights and and that. No, I loved being close to them. You know, oh, okay. th- like they would always, I would always give them advice. Like people would come to me about things and. To deal with things, and uh, it was a gay library, you know. Like you wanted to see something off the shelf, like go go take it yeah. home, bring it back to me, like you know whatever. Yeah. You want to listen to this record? You want to listen to that? Like go take it home, come back. But it just got to be where there was that 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 there was nothing else you could do, right? Because we always said when we first started doing it, and it was like important, and it felt good, and it felt like a wave of like something happening in Arkansas. We quickly realized that it's going to take decades of that very insane amount of energy to do anything to that town and to do anything to those people. And if we, we, at the end of it, we're like, if it, we made a dent in the Little Rock can, the the can that is Little Rock, (laughs) then that's all we cared about. Yeah. And and then also I'm sure thinking, well, imagine what we could do in LA. Imagine what we can do in LA. It really wasn't even that like I don't know how you say like superficial. Like it wasn't even like that. It was just like, let's just try something new. Sure. Sure. Let's try something new. We had been coming out here and visiting and I had been coming out of here and visiting people and uh we met a lot of people like I, I met one of my one of my first trips here, I met Matthew Anderson mm-hmm. and like we were just such great, you know, correspondents and friends, like, and yeah. it was an incredible experience. And I think, let me just pause you for a second. I think also more to that point, it's, it's like, wait, there's so many more people like us mm-hmm. out here. Yeah. And, and it, it, because it, I imagine got not exhausting because of the yes. people, but exhausting to be sort of the standard bearers of yes. what's going on. Yes. You would like to be like, I'd like to go to someone else's night yes. once in a while. And I would like to, <laughs> I would like to, I would like to not have these problems anymore. And I'm like, I'm an adult and I can choose not to have this problem anymore. Right. Like, and it's really important to me to have that. And like, so when we moved here, it was really just like an escape. It was just like, let's go. And then whatever happens, happens. Like there was no big plan to do this or that. Like it was just like, whatever happens, happens and we'll figure it out. And I think also to what I was saying before, though it sounds superficial, uh, there's the sense to me always that LA, in one of its many factors, uh, in, in the great spectrum of bizarreness that it is, is that there's a sense of like hope, even though you know there's mm-hmm. countless fabulous movies about things that go wrong for yeah, people. No, it is in LA. There's that potential. To, you never know what the day is going to bring. Like, that's the, yeah, and that's what I love about it. like you never know. What's going to pop up here? What's going to pop up there? And it just, and it happens all the time. Who you might bump into that then you're like, oh, let's do this thing. And yeah, yeah. it's endless opportunity, endless thing. And when I first moved here, I was in every fucking studio audience I could possibly (laughs) be in because I was like, I I just need to consume this and see this and get it out of my system. So um, yeah, it's, it was fun and I loved it. And, you know, I, but I love Arkansas and I love those people and the people that were involved in that, involved in Glitter Rock and like all that shit they know who they are and they're they're so special i remember mark was working on this the he was working on a pilot he was uh, doing some set stuff like work building a set for a pilot yeah and 
I just went to visit him on the Warner Brothers lot. And I was like, you know, it's a Warner Brothers lot. I love it. I want to be there. I want to yeah. see it. But it's not my favorite lot in LA. Really? What is your favorite my lot? My favorite lot is the C- CBS studio up in Burbank. Okay. That I love. That what is lot. it about uh, that? Is there it anything? just feels like fucking TV. Yeah. You know, yeah. it feels like if it, it, it has that feeling, you walk through it, you see the golf carts, you see the, you see the studios, you see everything. And it's all those, it's like the, it's the older one. So all the old oh, okay. shows were filmed there. Yes. And like yeah. All yeah. That stuff. And I just love that lot. But I was like, I'll go to the Warner Brothers lot, whatever. And I go into the studio that he's working in and he's just sitting there and I go, let me, let me go see what was made in here. And once again, I'm probably getting emotional over the dumbest thing. <laughs> well, I'm, you're with the right, right person I for go, that. I go uh, to the to the door, and fucking Batman Returns was filmed there. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, this is, you know, this is my childhood. This is yeah. everything I fucking ever wanted as a childhood. To even though there's nothing in here with, from Batman Returns, <laughs> I know that it was filmed in this building. So like, that's all I fucking need. Yeah. Well, I one time went to a. A party, a terrible magazine party, at which was fun to go to though. And actually, before I tell that story, I wanted to just point out how I love the guarding against getting blasé about anything. You know, like because people do that here sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh yeah, it was this thing. But they, it's almost like, some, oh, you mean like doing stuff like that? Yeah, and people and get, like being like, ah, eh, whatever. Oh yeah, like uh, fuck and sort of no. Run. I'm no. like literally everywhere. This person died here. This person <laughs> did this. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fucking Hollywood tour guide at this point. Well, because it's fun. It's fun. It's amazing. It's an incredible city, and like, you know, you have to dig and find. Like, I the other day, I was so bored. Not to interrupt you, but no, was, not at I all. Was so bored, and I was like, I'm gonna go visit Betty Davis's grave. Like yeah. how the fuck does that, like how who who can say that that they can just have the option to get up in the morning and yeah, visit Betty <laughs> Davis's grave? I went to visit fucking <laughs> Betty Davis, Penny Marshall. I went to go see fucking uh, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, and yeah. I was like, I was in tears the entire time, and there was beautiful deers, and it was completely fucking silent, and I was like, this is an experience that no one else like you know if you don't live here you don't get it, and and if you do if you do live here you're like why the fuck do that. That's self-care, really. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like bathing in your obsession. The amount of times that I have went up to see Mama, the Mama's Family House in Pasadena, they, those people probably <laughs> think that I'm a fucking insane person. You're, or they're like, someone's casing this house. Someone is casing this fucking house, and the, Mama's Family was so old. What are you still doing to, <laughs> coming over and seeing this fucking house? So you're a big Mama's Family person? I recently just finished the rewatch, or I rewatched it all. Do you have the box set? Uh, I do, and I bought it you know, on iTunes, and I I watch it on there. Uh, it's the silliest fucking show. Yeah, but you love it, right? I've it been getting into the love boat so lately. I, I know you were telling me about <laughs> this too, and I have not got into that. But I, I it, the Mama's Family is so silly. The jokes are so silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vicky but, Lawrence, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just love it. You yeah. Know? Well, look, that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, there's no uh, shame in, and you know the thing about um, what is it? Uh, people are secret. Uh, God, what? I'm losing my mind. This is another post-pandemic thing. Or mm. I'm like, you know, there's certain words <laughs> and things. I'm just like, nope, it's yeah. gone. Guilty pleasures. I don't believe yeah. in that. I just don't believe in it. It's no, like, there's no guilty pleasure for me. It's no. It's like, this is what I like. I don't care. Yeah, and also, like, some of those things that people consider guilty pleasures, like, 20 years later, there's some kind of, like, cultural reassessment, yeah. you know? Like, ABBA. You know, they were yeah. goofed on, and now everyone's like, oh, the genius totally. of ABBA. And they were and, always genius. And when me and Grant was watching it, he was like, he was like wa- sitting in with me while I was watching it. And I'm just like sitting there, like enamored. And he goes, 
this fucking show is nuts. <laughs> like this show is nuts. What are who how old are these people? Where are they supposed to be? And I'm like, there's no really explanation. Just watch the fucking show. There's they, no answer. They, it's like a David it's, Lynch film. Yes, you there's just... no answer. Vicky Lawrence is 34. Is she's playing in the 70 year? Like it, nothing makes sense. Just watch it. Well, yeah, we don't know exactly what the relations are. Right. They're just the family. They're yeah. family, and it's Mama's family. That's all yeah. you need to know. I love that about certain things. I got to do a big rewatch soon on Miami Vice. I have the box set over there. Uh, oh, that's an interesting... I, I, I would never even think to watch that. But. I think he would really enjoy it. Yeah. Because uh, it really introduced cinema to television. Mm-hmm. And without it, I don't think there wouldn't be really... That's cool. It's really cool, yeah. yeah. And um, also the use of songs as uh, the score. Do you have anything on the on the hopper right now? I am watching... I love, right now, new TV. Interesting, okay. Is like the shit well that's where the best movies are being made right on tv yeah i i'm gonna tell you i just finished fucking mayor of east town have you seen this no i have not holy shit to me it is a new standard of fucking television wow i i i have not seen anything that i have been so just emotionally enamored by Mm -hmm. in so long on tv it is beautiful it is incredible it is a fucking classic murder mystery mm-hmm. with like the salt of the earth Pittsburgh people. And like, I did not even feel like I was watching a fucking TV show or a movie. Like I felt like I was watching a reality show. Oh, wow. Kate Winslet is brilliant. They should rename the Emmys this year. Kate Winslet's show <laughs> because it is just, it was incredible. Nine perfect strangers is on right now, which I am really enjoying. And like, all this new TV is just so fucking good. Hmm. I didn't realize the show was called Nine Perfect Strangers. And right now we're messaging about some Dolly Parton thing. Oh. And then she said that she watched Nine Perfect Strangers. Uh-huh. And I was, I said, oh, are you having Balky dreams? Because I, <laughs> I, I thought she was saying, because it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. No, that, not know, that, for <laughs> any of us. I was like, cool, you're really into Perfect Strangers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, new TV is just really good right now. Yeah. Well, that's just really good. Uh, because I was uh, talking to someone the other day about how some folks that in the Gen Z age range don't. I remember two people I know were like, "Oh, I don't really watch movies," and I was like, "I what? What do you mean?" And I didn't. But then, it's a tragedy beyond. It, well, it is. It's a tragedy because I don't. I think that and this is nothing against superhero movies, but I don't know. Are there any alternatives to superhero movies in the cinemas? I mean, no one's going to cinemas really right now, but mm, no. That, and so all of the <laughs> no. stuff that would be like that is on TV. No, and I just the the fucking the Marvel shit. I I appreciate it, and you know I don't think that they shouldn't be made. Like obviously, I think that every yeah. fucking thing should be made, but um, I just don't. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I've always I, been more of a DC person personally. Uh-huh. If we're gonna get into technical things, but like. <laughs> Like, I'm not averse to that ever, really. So, <laughs> like, I love Batman. Like, I love Batman, and I love yeah. like that universe. But like Marvel, and it's just like whatever. With the Batman films, obviously, the second one is your favorite. Oh, it's the yeah. and um, and you love the first one, right? Oh, the, the first. We, we just me and Grant just rewatched the first one uh, a few days ago, and it was just so fucking good. When Jerry Hall's face is disfigured, it's just <sighs> so good. It's and it wasn't so... even that disfigured, right? We were no, like it, talking about like she wasn't even that disfigured, <laughs> and then she they reacted like it was, she was like 
the elephant monster. woman. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. She was just some like goth makeup on. Yeah, right? it like was so. Heavy... And then she was a little burned. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like she just had a bad retinol reaction. <laughs> yeah, she just got her face done. Yeah, that's all a little puffy. It's so. It was so funny. But, but I love it. In terms of the ones that follow, what are your thoughts on the Schumacher I love, films? And... I, I think that he we, we we're discussing this well as well. Is that I? You can tell that he had a gay perspective on it of yeah. course but i don't like what he did to the city itself okay sure yeah. like gotham city i thought was too weird like mm-hmm. it just didn't like it was unbelievable mm-hmm. and like to me what is so great about what tim burton did was he made it believable and also insane joel tried but he did well to me by creating like those characters mm-hmm. like i love forever i love Ro- batman and robin i think that they are completely ridiculous yeah but they're so good do you like mr freeze i fucking love mr freeze <laughs> i like all the bad puns in, uh, they're n- insane they're insane and schwarzenegger is so funny i'm a huge fan of his yes comedy i think work. he's funny too yeah um what about the later ones i haven't seen any of the ones post schumacher dark knight and um dark knight rises i think yeah they're fine they yeah. take themselves too seriously though oh, okay i don't like anything that takes themselves too seriously especially when it's a comic book right oh and the other great thing about the realistic look of gotham city is that or at least you know it's its world and it's very real mm-hmm. it's close to as like natural as possible mm-hmm. is that then there's these fantastical things going on within this yeah so that you have the juxtaposition the dark knight was filmed in chicago while i was there and it um, or excuse me, Dark Knight Rises. That's that's the one with Heath Ledger, I think. That was filmed in Chicago while I was there, and I just was like, "This is this is weird." Like, I like it, but like, and he's really—I mean, he's genius in it. But like, the look of it, I just didn't. It's like left whatever. you wanting, yeah, yeah. What are some other favorite movies of yours besides Wizard of Oz and Batman Returns? I love. Um, Still Magnolias. Mm, yeah. It's like one of my all time favorite movies. Like, I. Did you ever see the bad TV pilot? I have not. Look, it's worth watching as a big fan. Uh, Elaine Stritch is in it playing okay. a Shirley MacLaine role. Oh, Lord. I can't remember the rest of the cast right now, but it certainly doesn't match up to the film. But oh, it's... I'm going to look at this. <laughs> I, I think it is. Uh, it, it To me, it it's like all about. Like, once again, I keep going back to it, and I always will go back to it, the South. Sure. It's just so beautiful, and the and, and I grew up around people like that, and I, and it, it's just so amazing. Like, it is such an amazing picture. It's like, I'm saying picture, like I'm 400 years old. Oh, that's, I'm glad you're doing it, because I was doing it the other day. I, I, I <laughs> swear to God, I did. 400 years old. Or, or, like, I, I was saying like Gene Siskel the other day. I'm like, well, yes, that picture was really. it is such an amazing movie. I just love it so much. And I also love Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1973. Oh, I love that one. It yeah. is gorgeous beyond. Yeah. And. So unsettling, too. So fucking scary and, and, and a lot of times horror doesn't rot the same way comedy can mm-hmm. rot but sometimes com uh, horrors you know like lose their flavor on the bedpost overnight mm-hmm. but the ones that don't oh my yeah. god are they good yeah and i i just think it is a, an amazing movie all the way around like you know you got that much money you make that little film it just is gore <laughs> it's amazing i love it 
Yeah, and also yeah, all the stuff behind it, the like the super low budget, yeah. the tenacity to make this weird little movie that you don't mm-hmm. know where it's going to be shown or how yeah. it's going to be received. I just love it so much. I, Do you like I, the sequel? Because uh, I only I, can say, I've only seen the second one because I don't really care about the backstory, Leatherface stuff. Yeah. I'm not interested. So what's funny to me about all those movies is that I love them all for their own weird way. They're all terrible. They're all terrible, but I love them all. You yeah, know, no, like I, I listen, I believe me, you're, you're talking to the right I, person I, I love, who I, understands I, the terrible, you know, I but love I love the it. One, yeah. The one with Matthew McConaughey, is, I think, is like the wildest one. Oh, I didn't know he made one. Oh, yeah, he's in the fourth one he's with a, Renee Zellweger. Oh, oh, what? Okay, I'm going to have to investigate this. <laughs> so they, Maybe the, I've, I've written them off the too The deal was, is that this movie, they made this movie, and... It just went into the dumpster, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they were like, ah, we're not putting this fucking thing out. Like, we're not putting this out. <laughs> Matthew got a, a time to kill. Oh, right. And right. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, time to kill. It's time yeah. to kill. Yeah. He got a time to kill. And they were like, oh, let's release this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, let's cash in. So they released it. Yeah. And he was very angry and very <laughs> pissed because he plays an insane person in it. And so, like, and he did it horribly. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> they're all funny. They're all good. And I love a silly action movie. They're so great. They're so fucking good. There's a car chase I'm going to have to send you from uh, a movie called Shadows in an Empty Room. It it blows the mind. I have watched Terminator fucking 2 <laughs> over this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> 30,000 times, it feels like. Amazing. You know, I have a spare ticket for it at the New Beverly. Uh, oh, if, I lo- would love that. Yeah, yeah. cool. I'll let you know when it is. I would love that because yeah. I, I, I love that movie so much. I think it is so good. And I love action movies like that. I haven't seen Terminator 2 in so many years, but I, and I, but I got to see the first one at the Arnold Schwarzenegger marathon that they did at New Beverly a couple oh, cool. years ago. It was so great. Seeing that in LA at four in the morning. Love that. I was like, this is what it's all about. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I actually went to, I go to Monster Palooza every year. Oh, cool. You know, not considering, you know, last year we didn't, well, sure. didn't have it. That wasn't a year though. It was like a thing. We're just going <laughs> to yeah. omit it from the catalog. We, it just was, it's a blind spot. <laughs> We've disowned that film. Yeah. yeah. So, but the right before, the lap, the monster blues before pandemic, they had a Terminator two reunion. Oh wow! The only person that wasn't there was Arnold, uh-huh. and it was so fun. Like yeah. I sat in the back and just like was like, "This is so cool." I, I, you know, I live for shit like that. Yeah, sure. I love shit like that. Getting to hear Michael Bean speak. I have done so many things like that in L.A. Like yeah. me and Grant and Mark have done so many things like that in L.A. that are just so dumb that people are like, <laughs> "You're going to what?" Oh yeah, and I love to tell people about that stuff excitedly. I'm You're like, going no, to no, what? No. I'm like, yes, the fuck I am. <laughs> yes, the fuck I am. I love. That Do you kind of remember thing. when the uh, Egyptian theater on Hollywood Boulevard used to? Before, it was before pandemic. They yeah. used to th- show all those movies all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, they would have people like. Yeah. In the, the, you know, I remember I the one that I re- regrettedly like could not make it to was Angelica Houston at the Witches. Oh, that would she been was amazing. there, and it was like I I was so fun. But we used to see fucking movies there all of the time, mm-hmm. like once a week, like go and then and uh what's it called also the montalban oh yeah yeah when yeah, they yeah. Did the rooftop movies we go at we would go every week because uh-huh. even if we hated the movie because it was just so fun to do like it's you're in la up yeah. there on a rooftop watching a fucking movie where it was probably made 
It's just so cool, and I love it. And that's that. That is my LA experience. Yeah, it's, it's just through, digging around, finding the crazy shit that nobody else cares about. I'm looking forward to going back to Amoeba uh, mm-hmm. and going through their cassettes. I have you s- been to the new one? No, I have not. It's you? awful. Oh no, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. What's it's bad, not the same? What's bad about it? You just don't feel the same. Oh yeah, okay. You just don't feel the same because that's there was a certain feeling when you walk through, and mm-hmm. it was like, and sometimes I go by myself because mm-hmm. I could spend hours. Yes especially in the soundtrack section i love finding sealed soundtracks for shit like agnes of god you know the <laughs> <laughs> that's fun or, or uh, jagged edge mm-hmm. i have a lot of those varez sarabande records but i i, I it's just not the same I'm just no that's in. too bad you All can't right. it, it feels like there's nothing like you feel like you i hate to be in a place where i feel like i can't dig Oh, and I okay. I don't want to dig. I know that feeling. Yeah. And yeah, okay, it's like that. I don't now. want to dig here. Like, because I feel like I'm in someone's way or it's like, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah it's it like an efficiency mm-hmm. kind of experience. It's bad. It's very small mm. and it's bad. Yeah. I hate that though. I'm trying to think the last time I was at the Egyptian to see, it was a really good thing. It was before my trip to London last year and I saw De Niro and Scorsese. So, they were there yeah for like talk for like an hour plus that's about how fucking the cool Irishman. that is that yeah. it's the greatest mm-hmm. thing ever i mean i was like this is the best i mean the whole time i was like yeah. taking pictures of the poster outside because mm-hmm. i'm just like this is amazing i get yeah. to see these guys i saw burt reynolds uh do a q a like maybe like eight months before he died yeah and i was trying to get a question in so badly <laughs> i had my phone set uh, on, i'm like, flash. so scared to do that though oh i was i'll i, I love i jump I'm right so in so scared to do that kinds of th- those kinds of th- like i'll go and i'll sit there and like listen in bated breath but i'm so scared to ask a question well you shouldn't be because listen you've heard some of the bad <laughs> questions that people I ask know. right or those like not even questions there's like you know i used to watch this movie with my brother uh-huh. and then you're like oh my god this guy's telling his yeah. life story and and you could see the pain on the moderator's face mm-hmm. i remember when i saw grace jones do one after and that's the other thing she's like oh let's go see grace jones introduce her movie and then do a q a uh this guy the first question the guy wanted a selfie and then that was a whole thing and then and she was nice about it but it was like he kept pressing then the second question was so bad the moderator just switched right to just talking directly Good. to grace yeah because there's been some bad ones but mm-hmm. the bert one i wanted to ask him about his abysmal 1981 movie called paternity it's like a horror film the tagline was like he wants you to have his baby like an uncle sam kind of thing oh no it there's not a laugh to be found in the entire film oh no yeah and i have it on video disc laser disc you wanted to VH- ask him about it. <laughs> oh, see those are the kinds of questions yeah. i want to fucking ask too. that's exactly what i wanted to ask that's what i want to ask and i think the moderator knew because i had my phone in my hand and i put it all in like a, a sort of like a glow and mm-hmm. i was just doing this in the that back. is so funny and i saw him kind of look up and just go i'm gonna go over here he just i'm sure he knew it was like yeah. trouble trouble that guy's trouble yeah yeah i i can't tell you like the the experience we've had like meeting the people that we have like la is just it's just that's why it's home to me exactly like i got to meet elvira i got to meet you know i got to meet all these people that i never thought i would meet like from a from a young age and it's just really fucking cool yeah and one last one of those met eg daily at the do- screening for oh. michael debar's documentary like the first year i was here yeah uh, and and she was she just was, in the audience. She, she was kind of a bitch to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, tell me. Tell it, me. It was it, well. I mean, I have to say, it was at a convention. It was. Well, at, that's even weirder. It was. I was at. We were talking about the same person, right? E.G. Daly, who was Dottie in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And to Tommy Pickles. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, when I met her at a convention, I met her at Monster Palooza the first year I ever went. And I was very excited and like you know I love Rugrats. I love Pee Wee's Playhouse. You know I love big adventure yeah I, you know i love that shit 
And she was a bitch. <laughs> she was a bitch and she wow. wanted her money. Whoa. Yeah. That is like, shocking. It's like, okay, well, um, see you later. I got I probably won't go to your show the next time you play the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So hmm. Well, that's a lovely note to end on, I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could talk more, but... Uh, yeah, we could go on forever. We could go on forever. Well, hopefully, we'll do another one sometime yeah, soon. That'd be great. For sure. And then I'm looking forward to this weekend, another Sugar Tank. Uh, we are doing Sugar Tank this weekend. I'm so fucking excited. And it was lovely uh, to be on the flyer. I didn't... I saw that. And yeah. It, you know, that was very I think nice. you've been on there a couple times. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. Yeah, so that's nice. I, uh, I And with a credit cinematographer. I promise we will not be as fucked up as we were Last oh wait can tell me what was going on because i had a concurrent thing going on there was something in the air oh i know there was some guy giving us weird shit at the door and then someone gave madeline shit in the bathroom <sighs> and it was it was a it was a double whammy and it, you know when you're not expecting it because you're like oh this something is something was place. in the air yes it was something was in the air grant got completely wasted he never gets completely <laughs> wasted he was living for the stage he was living for the spotlight he wanted to be seen and i'm like this cannot happen <laughs> i was so pissed i was like in a bitch fest it was like bitch fest fucking 2021 for me i remember we passed each other about 18 times it was one of those weird I things just where i was not having it I, we so just I would, apologize for oh, whatever no I said no 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 did. it was like the kind of thing where i was having a mild panic attack and then trying to figure out why i was having it because why would i have it here do you, do you know because your mind just and then you're in the spins and then like there's no and you're just going well i'm just gonna have to wait till i go home or oh, and then i remember it had a klonopin in my bag so I did, and that's why I smoked weed afterwards, which yeah. was the the worst thing the I worst could have done. Fucking thing you could ever possibly. So, let me tell you something. I, everybody, we have a group chat, and everybody screenshotted that fucking that chat because I was like, if I I'm, I said I am completely done, and if I get back to my motherfucking home and there are people in my house that everyone is invited over, I am kicking them out immediately. And I swear to God, if there's not a bottle of fucking tequila in the house, I will flip the fuck out, and it, the house will probably get burned down. <laughs> And I got back, there was a shit ton of people in the house, and I was like, everybody's gone, where is the tequila? I'm going to sit down and, and watch TV. I was so pissed. Well, because, like, you know, we, you, like, we are easygoing people, and we like to have fun. Yeah. But when it is our night, and when, is, when, it is, when, when we're doing that sort of thing, I don't like to get blackout drunk. Right. <laughs> yeah no so, it's because it makes it, it it makes it harder and then you yeah. actually can't enjoy the thing that yeah, you're you working can't. on and it, it's no. so yeah. everyone has learned their lesson and we're going to move on and we're going to have fun this yes weekend. we are oh i'm just happy to hear the, the confirmation that there was something there was something going on because when that happened Mateo outside, felt it we felt oh it. okay yeah because yeah, madeline and i both were like but then you go well no it's uh and then you, you know then we were chatting with y'all and we were like oh no it, everything's fine no, like it was still there. Who were you chatting with? They were probably out of their fucking mind. <laughs> there was like it. There was like a, and then later we, we were like, it seemed like something happened before getting there. I don't know what it. I don't know. Everyone. Had well, something. I bitched everybody out before we even got in the door. Oh, so okay. it was like uh, everybody was already on pins and needles because I was just so pissed. There was just that, something going on. Yeah, yeah. that was just... Uh, it was just one of those nights. It was just one of those nights. And and in Clubland, we've had a thousand of them. And like, yeah. we move on, but every time it happens, I act like it's the first one. <laughs> 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 so it never happens for a really long time. Yeah, well, you know, it's like the Qantas airline thing in mm -hmm. Rain Man. You know, it yeah. happened, and now it won't happen it, for it, ages. It, exactly. And also that night, 
I was stone cold sober, uh, unlike the first one where I was on a lot of ketamine and just sailed <laughs> through the <laughs> everything. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I, I made a couple promises to myself: always have a little bit handy, just in case, mm-hmm. and uh, then I won't forget my recorder. I left my recorder, like all these weird things. It's just everything was yeah. a mess personally not this sugar tank it'll be good no no this sugar tank is going to be amazing it's going to be great no and it was a wonderful time you know we met uh bright who we hadn't met before oh bright so, yeah lots of lovely things were yeah. going on so and lovely night which uh, of course we're gonna have uh, an amazing one this it's weekend. gonna be so fun yeah well thanks so much for joining me of course i loved it and maybe i'll go back and listen to freddie house now <laughs> <laughs> now you can now, I can. now you can okay well till next time <laughs>